What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. An obvious hoax. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Talk Recorded live. Hoaxbusters call. Join the discussion by dialing 724-447-444. Call ID 90337. Hey, hey. Hey, what's going on there? Yeah, it's Chris here. Uh, It's uh, October the 30th. Uh, 2017 and uh, yeah we're on the hoaxbusters call bandwagon right now who's in the chat is Kalita Brigante hot and coat uh, old old Virginian uh, plebia and rich destroy right on glad y'all came out well anyway what do we got on the uh, menu in the quote bin? Look over into it. Uh, let's see. The individual's adherence to the group is conscious, quote unquote, because he is aware of it and recognizes it, but it is ultimately involuntary because he is trapped in a dialectic and in a group that leads him unfailingly to his ad- adherence. His, adher- his adherence is also intellectual, quote-unquote, because he can express his conviction clearly and logically, but is not genuine because the information, the data, the reasoning that have led him to adherence is, the gr- is to the group or themselves deliberately falsified in order to lead him there. And that's uh, attributed to jock- jocks of the law. Uh, propaganda, the formation of men's attitudes. And I think I made a read that before on a past call, but uh, no, that's a good one. And uh, so I'll, I'll just, yeah, read it again. But uh, that's um, what happens, right? Anyway, uh, yeah, the the dialectic, the group, the group think. So you get into a... A group and then the accompanying group think that is attached to that group philosophy or group uh, mandate, whatever it happens to be. Let's see, what are some uh, examples? I've kind of went over on some of the past calls about the well I got a post on the blog at hoaxbusterscall.com if you were to check that out 
Uh, vegan New World Order Rising, Agenda 21, Warning to Humanity. See, I posted that on the 26th of October. And uh, so it's just various clippings taken from the media and how it's the latest, greatest thing. All the celebutards are on board. And it's going vegan, don't eat any animal products, and don't, don't do it because it's uh, morally wrong. They attach moral. So in this day and age where everything goes, everything is on the plate. Well, no, not animals anymore because that's immoral. So that's sort of uh, surprising in contrast to everything else that's kind of going on out there. It's like, yeah, we're, we are postmodernists, we're modernists, postmodernists, and we're not really concerned with all that. It's all just, you know, morality is a construct, uh, you know, gender is a construct, uh, sexual mores are just constructs, and, you know, everything and anything goes. And uh, But... Animals are no longer uh, for consumption, according to these these moralists, these these uh, self-appointed arbiters of morality. And uh, I kind of I did a debate with uh, Mark Stevens. Uh, I've talked about him in the past, and. His his uh, if you go back and listen to it, I think his 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 sort of line of reasoning or lack of it is kind of typical of the whole vegan position, and it's all over the place as far as okay, what establishes it, and as far as what makes it immoral, and then. What you eventually work around to is that, uh, like he stated, that uh, it's mitigating suffering. It's not, see now, the question that was proposed was if eating animals is unnecessary or no more, more, more it was like, uh, do you believe in the unnecessary death and suffering of animals? So the question is sort of a loaded question, and it's actually a loaded question, and it kind of goes into an emotional appeal, and people, especially in, in our modern day, are really prone to going into emotionalism and emotional appeals, sort of going through approaching something logically and rationally is, is sort of passe. We don't do that. Any, you know, so, so it's just pure emotionalism. And um, the reason why I bring this up in light of the quote I just read is because this is a group think mentality. This is something that I've uh, kind of become aware of of late and it's heavily heavily promoted on uh youtube especially because it's the new media it's the new platform it's where uh especially 
younger folk will go and sort of form their opinions uh, and uh, get their information and stuff from venues like YouTube. And um, so there's been some sort of uh, controversy surrounding YouTube, like their censorship and their promoting of certain things over certain other things. And uh, your search results won't uh, give you certain uh, videos that are of a particular ideological bent and they favor some over the others. Well, of course, because um, they are an arm of the power structure. I've talked about this before in the past. Um, listener sent me a, uh, a map of where Google headquarters is positioned near sandwich between like an Air Force base and Microsoft right there, Microsoft, NASA, all kind of nice little cozy little grouping right there in Silicon Valley. And uh, we've talked about on past calls how Southern California there, so the Southern up into like, you know, Silicon Valley is kind of more maybe towards San Francisco to Northern what have you, that part of the country is sort of like an incubator for all kinds of things that have gone national, international. Uh, this, I think the cell phone was uh, developed there. Uh, the aerospace industry comes out of there. Uh, a, a lot of uh, different uh, sweeping cultural changes have come out of that particular region of the world. And uh, and I and I do believe this whole vegan agenda is heavily pushed, and it's going to be something that you're probably going to see among uh, the sort of uh, techno savvy elites, and of course also Hollywood and. Uh, the celebritards are on board, like I said earlier. And uh, Google is going to have their hand in, in promoting this. And YouTube is just absolutely bombarded with this stuff. And um, it, it's uh, part of Agenda. It's part of Agenda 21. The UN wants to tax meat. Uh, Bill Gates says he's vegan. Bill Clinton says he's vegan. Uh, so, yeah, check out those clips on there. There's different clips and how you get some insight into how this this works. And people will maybe argue with you and say, well, the meat industry and the big agra, they don't want this. So they're trying to fight it. And it's like, well, you have to understand something, too, that um, when you're talking about people at the upper levels as far as accrual accrual of wealth and they don't have all their eggs in one basket no pun intended but as far as being totally invested into one industry like the oil industry or the agribusiness there is no such thing as big agra because at the at a certain level 
they're all diversified into all kinds of different stock holdings and stuff. And do you think for a second that um, they're going to lose out when things are being kind of transitioned over into so-called plant-based food sources? Absolutely not, because how would that not be more profitable to take some meat product that's made up out of soy or grain or what have you? There's different methods for making plant-based stuff taste like meat. Uh, wouldn't that be more profitable if they could just concoct some stuff out of uh, some some cheaply produced product like soy or something? Absolutely, it's profitable. They're going to make money off of it. You bet you. And um, so there would be a financial incentive, yeah, to kind of push everybody towards something that's lower overhead as far as uh, production. But it's not particularly centered around just money. It's actually... I think it goes further than that, and it's going to make a lot of people uh, weak, sickly, unhealthy. Um, there's supplementation that you have to engage in when you're on one of these vegan diets. You have to supplement B12, which is a synthetic source, which is, uh, yeah, I, th I think it's derived from uh, yeast which is a living creature, by the way, but that's okay. Uh, I don't know. There's an arbitrary line drawn on what's acceptable and what's not, obviously, with this whole vegan agenda. So it's illogical. It's all over the board. So it's like, where, where do you draw the line? So uh, with Mark Stevens, it was uh, the central nervous system. So somehow the central nervous system that we share in common with these, you know, what he, what he would describe sentient animals that that puts them off limits somehow. But then I, I thought I didn't think he did very did a very good job, which most vegans won't of establishing that. Like why? OK, what in particular makes that? I mean, so we share lungs with uh, cows. Why not say, hey, we share lungs with cows, therefore we shouldn't eat cows. It's just arbitrary, you know. It's like, oh, central nervous system, therefore we shouldn't eat cows. Unnecessary death and suffering. Well, it's like, so if they don't suffer, then it's okay. It's like, no, you shouldn't kill a living thing. Well, plants are living things. It's like, well, they're not sentient. It's like, well, a cow's not sentient if you knock them out first. But see, you can't, you can't formulate a coherent argument. So you go to emotionalism, which is why they... The activists, these evangelists, this new religion, they fixate and focus on um, these graphic imagery that uh, has been uh, collected from factory farms, and which, um, yeah, that there is some uh, bad stuff there in factory farming, and you could point that out and say this is horrible and. Uh, then on the other hand, I've, I've heard arguments too that like, yeah, well, so you got chickens and they are kind of crowded in a big barn or something. Well, they say too, if you take chickens and let them roam around, they'll do that on their own volition. They'll congregate and crowd each other. And they're also cannibalistic, so they'll peck each other. If they get a pretty good crowd of chickens, they'll peck each other and 
uh, one chicken gets pecked to death and the other chickens come in and eat them. They like meat. They like to eat their cannibals and they'll eat mice. They eat all, whatever they can get. Chickens will. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, so it's saying, oh, that's unusually cruel to have them crowded. And it's like, that's chickens. That's chickens thing. That's what they like. They like to kind of congregate and group up like that flocks you know birds or whatever they're birds and they like to flock and flock together and get in cr- but anyway yeah and they're given stuff to it, not that factory farming is ideal at all in any shape or form but it's it's f- focused in on to to make the case that oh eating meat is immoral it's like well that ne- wouldn't necessarily make it fundamentally moral maybe you could make a case that factory farming is un is not ideal or unethical or what have you, but that doesn't necessitate uh, a fundamental immorality of killing any animal. But it's all groupthink, and you're just seeing this now, and you're seeing it heavily promoted, and in anything that you see that the celeb- celebritards are on board with, and you could pretty much rest assured that it's an agenda being pushed. Uh, so I finished reading... I'm just about finished reading. I've got another chapter left, I think, of this book called Animal Scam. And it goes into animal rights activists and all of that. And uh, one thing, uh, this pretty good book, it's pretty informative. It kind of goes into a lot of different things and uh, along the lines of, you know, exposing these animal rights groups and all that. But one thing that stood out to me is that you're talking about a fringe group, uh, PETA. Yeah, like Cy Girl says in the chat, and it's looking over in the chat. Yeah, PETA. So they're this fringe group, and then according to this book, said so they had like 400,000 members, something like that, on the register. And then they go and they will attack people you know like so they as they regard uh, you know doctors people doing science people you know and they'll say oh they're practicing their electrocuting cats or whatever they're doing it's like bad and they uh threaten call and threaten death threats they send uh in the past they've sent bombs to people and one guy blew himself up he was making a bomb he's going to send it to some uh, scientists or something that was using animal experimentation, he blew himself up. It's just, just you know, violent, basically terrorism. I mean, that would be the definition of terrorism. So, just, just pointing out here that uh, okay, so if this is happening, and these are these animal rights activists, and they're funded, and they have this organization, if they weren't permitted to do this, like. There, there isn't some green lighting at the top, how quickly would they be shut down? They would be shut down in a heartbeat. But see, they're not. They're, they're, they go and they uh, do this lobbying of Congress and stuff, and then, the, then it's talking about oh, how these different laws, they, got, they, they pressured Congress into passing, and they got animal trapping illegal in New England and all stuff, and it's like, okay, so let's stop a minute and look at this. It's like, so you're telling me that this little fringe group that represents like 
a small, minute sampling of the overall population because most people aren't uh, on, uh, on board with the ideology. Uh, I'm sure they get a lot of donations and stuff like that. But see, it's like uh, I pointed out before, like, okay, okay what about uh, abortion opponents? How f well you're talking about like all these networks of big churches and these big mega churches and all that stuff in this uh, anti-abortion activism that's going on for years and years is 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 abortion illegal or has it been uh, restricted or not, not that I know of but I I, I think this is uh, this is a uh, mythology. This is this is just not realistic. This is not uh, this is not something that um, happens like uh, little fringe political activist groups get all this influence. That's not possible. I don't believe that. I think it's that this is from the top down, and then, like I said, we get you, you see this uh, agenda being pushed by celebrities. I mean, come on, and um, heavily promoting it. And they're going after everything that involves animals, circuses, rodeos, everything. And it's like, well, how do they have all this influence? That's the question. And it just happens to be in line with um, a lot of this stuff you hear coming out of uh, like United Nations and these different uh, representatives that uh, are, are in these NGOs and all this stuff. And they're talking about sustainability. You always hear that word. And it's like... And their thing is like, oh, the animal, animal ranching, cattle ranching is the most dangerous threat to global warming. And then all this overblown rhetoric and all this stuff. So certainly this is coming from the top. But the, the point is, and I think it ties into the quote, is this is made to appear as if it is uh, coming from the grassroots from these these organizations that all oh, these individuals just they get a wild hair and then they form a group and it grows and then all these like-minded individuals jump on board even though like it says in this book they don't most people that contribute to PETA don't even understand what what their uh, main objective or main goals are but anyway so they get all this they get all this influence and it's like no 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 it's 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 given the uh, appearance of a grassroots effort and campaign, but it's nothing could be further from the truth. They're definitely green lighted at the top, and then you'll see these laws passed, and and it's like, oh, well, that's PETA again. You know, that's their 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 heavy handed influence, and it's like, well, no, no, that's just not. I, I I just don't believe that's possible. Like I said, compare and contrast with the abortion opponents and all that, and see see how far they've gotten. They haven't gotten very far, uh, and their their influence would have to be far far greater because it's there's such such a widespread uh, opposition to abortion that. Um, so if that was the case, if all it takes is some fundraising and some. Uh, you know, marching around in circles with signs and stuff like that, then it, abortion would be illegal. That, 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 that would be, see, that's not the way things work. But, uh, 
Oh, yeah, I want to mention I got a donation from Tim over at the Fakeologist. And I'll be playing an ad for Tim coming up on the break. And, yeah, check out Fakeologist.com. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I want to go into this uh, Vegas shooting. Just a couple of things that I've kind of noticed over the past several weeks kind of looking at this stuff. And it's like, so the question is like, oh, does this really happen? Is it a hoax? And is it is it uh, some put on production? You know, is it? it it's like this um, uh, piece of footage that's out there, and you can go look it up. Where you have the uh, concert goers taking off running, and it's like, what? Wait a minute, what are they running from? I said, oh, you can hear the shots, like the shots in the distance. You know, it's like, okay, so where are these shots coming from? Because you 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 look at other stuff and people were hearing, this is before the, the so-called machine gun sound. You can hear it all. This is, this is several, this is maybe a few minutes before that even starts. And you see people take it off running. It's like, what are they running? What are they running? It's like, what is, and then, Oh, yeah, you listen closely, you can hear, like, pops, pop, pop, pop. Okay, so wh- what what would necessitate a stampede like that? Hearing pops? Like, okay, are they – so the question is, are they in, a, in the distance or were they in the crowd? If they're in the crowd, then where is the – and there was no witnesses to, to, to who is actually shooting? And let's think about this for a minute. So So – the multiple shooter thing is being promoted, even in the mainstream media. They're, they're, I, I just put a, uh, a 2020 special. It's like flogging this idea. Okay, maybe it was there a second shooter? Or, oh, we don't know. It's a mystery. It's a big mystery. It's like, what are they cover? What are they hiding? Why do they get the timeline wrong? It's like, how do they get the timeline wrong? For one thing, if okay, so they say the guy, the security guard called. Okay, that would be that would be all time logged. I could, if you got a phone, you know that it tells you what time somebody called i mean give me a break get out of here that's stupid it's like they oh they don't know when the guy called or what that that shouldn't even be debatable it should be completely but no the timeline keeps changing that's this idiotic it's nonsense what are they what are they doing it's like it's to generate and create controversy around this thing to muddy the waters and then and then put and then the, even the mainstream media is putting this idea too oh there was their second or what are they covering up there's a second shooter or why? Let's say if it happened for real, why would they need to cover up a second shooter? And they say, "Oh, well, it was um, uh, MK Ultra SWAT team op." Like Alex Jones will maybe tell you, it's like, "Oh, or the Mossad or whatever came in and started shooting." It's like that. So they're a coordinated professional team, and they didn't synchronize the shots. And then I'm talking about where people get spooked and take off running. That makes no damn sense. They would, they would be coordinated, they'd be professional, they'd start shooting at the same time, wouldn't they? They would start shooting at different times. Makes no sense. But, um, and it makes no sense that people took off running from hearing a few pops when, when it was saying that. Because, like, like I was saying, where were they coming from? And, and, and they said they didn't know where the shot, people couldn't tell where they were coming from. It's like, well, why would they take off running? Well, the only thing that makes sense to me is because 
they what probably happened and i don't i don't know if this this video was necessarily meant to get out maybe maybe it wasn't meant to get out but um the the crisis actor infiltrators missed their cue and 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 they and they uh panicked prematurely and took off you know took off screaming and like what are they screaming about what are you running for and it's like you don't you know it's like oh a couple of pops in the distance or did somebody die there in the crowd and they're running and it's like well where is there any evidence of that so it absolutely makes no sense unless you're looking at it from the perspective of this is a a, a crisis actor hoax operation and they missed their cue then it makes sense but it's, but um yeah i just want to point that out about this and and then it's uh it, 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 and then it makes sense, like, oh yeah, why no life flight helicopters? I posted it. Some some guy called up to ask about. Well, did you know there was a life flight center there in Las Vegas? Is like, did you dispatch any helicopters? Like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, we didn't know, huh? It's like, well, yeah, why not? Like, life flight, um, they they. They would, uh, I think, automatically send that in case it was needed and stage it somewhere. I, you know, I, I would, I think for sure that's something that would be protocol that would be done in a mass shooting where you get supposedly people allegedly shot in the head or whatever. They may need to go to a brain center or whatever. But no, no, they didn't do that apparently. And I was thinking about too, like, should I? I was going to try to find out, like, because uh, they got. So they, so they're saying officially that people bled out in the Hooters Casino that was down the road there. They ran for some reason. Everybody, ran, a lot of people from the concert ran there, and they're bleeding all over the floor and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, they have special biological contaminant cleanup crews that are hired. You know, they may even be private companies or whatever that are hired to clean up blood, clean up crime scenes, and stuff like that. And I was thinking about maybe doing a call to see if, oh, did, who, who who cleaned up the blood at your uh, hotel that was all covered with blood, blood everywhere? Was there any company that came in and did that? Or it's like, oh, would you the housekeeping do it or what? Like, what is the – because I'm pretty sure it's standard protocol to have a special cleanup crews that have the stuff that breaks down blood and can get that off the carpet and do all that stuff. Uh, so that that'd be a question. It's like, well, what, what, who were they? What company did it? And so that that would maybe be an interesting call. But uh, but no. Anyway, like, um, yeah. I just wanted to point out uh, a couple of things there with this. And yeah, it doesn't make sense. It does make sense in the light of the whole thing was a hoax and fake. And then they're making up this uh, second shooter thing to to make a big smoke screen around it divert people's attention away from the idea that maybe this is a hoax and then you have like all all these people like anytime you go watch a video or something somebody will be in the comments saying oh my cousin was shot i know it was real or oh i know those people that shot and it's like yeah really that many okay so that's a coordinated campaign it looks like to 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 um divert people's attention uh because like uh what's that northwood document it talks about there is like oh yeah we'll 
do this fake phony shit with the plane getting shot down and we'll stage fake funerals and it's like yeah they would need to stake fake funerals and make it all very real and they said that's what they would do and that's in some unclassified document whether that's real or not i don't know but it's like yeah this stuff's been going on for a long time i do believe uh so there's that um so i got uh John Adams called in. I don't know if he's on or can hear me right now. Do do do. So I was just yammer, yammering for a minute. Uh, just about some stuff. I didn't haven't done a call in the last couple of weeks. Just kind of processing everything, kind of laying low, and just uh, yeah, some of the stuff. You know, you get a you get one of these events, and then it's kind of you, you want to look at it, and then you don't want to look at it, and then it's then you're it's shaping up to be the same old kind of story and then it's like yeah where's the real evidence you know it's like the go out there and look at the guy that filmed the uh what's the video title i can't remember like uh fbi cleanup crew and then it's like he's zooming in on the scene there and you and you don't see any holes in anything and that was at the so-called VIP area where they said that all the main main uh, cru- uh, brunt of the shots were concentrated there, but you don't see any holes in the buildings. You don't see any of the windows with bullet holes in them. Or it's like, yeah, how did that happen? So that's that's consistent with the idea that yeah, there were no actual bullets flying into there. Um, and then you see the FBI agents painting squares on the ground with like paint rollers so what are they doing there are they is that marking where the shots hit or what but i have yet to see any photos of any uh bullet strikes in the concrete or in, in any of the structures there or any of the trash cans or any of the uh tables or umbrellas or tents or anything there was like uh that piece of footage with what looked like a cup that got hit by a bullet but on closer examination you look at it and it's like no somebody runs by and it and he hits it with their foot and it kind of knocks it and you can clearly see it if you if you kind of slow it down and look at it so it's like yeah, with that, I don't know of any indication that there's any bullets hitting anything in any of the footage either. So, yeah, there's that. Old Virginia says he didn't waste bullets on buildings. The bullet holes all ran out of the park attached to people. Yeah. Maybe there were... Um, high, maybe it was a high-tech weapon where the bullets are all... Uh, guided to the targets so they miss structures and everything um, no I don't, I don't think so do 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 Scott up papa da yeah there's that and then um, then I posted uh, a video with uh this punk rocker guy, Tom DeLong, talking to Joe Rogan about aliens are 100% real, Joe. I'm telling you, they're real. The aliens are real. 
I talked to CIA and they told me they're real. And it's like, okay, so yeah, we know all about the punk rock scene. And uh, so I got John on the call, ask him about that. Maybe I'll go to a break right now and go ahead and bring in callers because I see that there's some caller enters. See that there's some people coming into the chat now. Uh, so let's let's play a bumper here and play uh, play a, play a commercial for Tim. He said play play a new commercial. We don't have any new commercials. We got the new, I'll play the newest one that we got. And that's uh, a message from Dr. Bill Duck, Paleo Extreme. All right, hang on. You are listening to the Hoax Pastors Call. To join in, call 724-444-7444. Call ID... Hi, this is Dr. Bill Duck of drbillduck.com. Did you know that Neanderthal man survived on a diet of 80% meat, 20% vegetable? Did you know that modern man cannot survive on a modern diet and receive the proper vitamin and mineral supplementation? For more information, go to drbillduck.com today and pick up your 20 ounce canister of Neanderthal Nutrition Paleo Extreme. Neanderthal Nutrition Paleo Extreme is a dietary supplement that complements both paleo and high-protein diets. It includes natural ingredients such as ground rhinoceros horn, pulverized tiger tooth, shredded gazelle carcass, microcrystalline elephant tusk, and wild imported Serengeti plain grass. All these combined make the best paleo dietary supplement on the market today. Go to drbuild.com and pick up your Neanderthal Nutrition Paleo Extreme right now. $199.99 is all you pay for a 20-ounce canister. $199.99 gets you the best paleo dietary supplement on the market today. Our ancestors survived on it. There's no reason you can't. Go to drbuild.com today to pick up Neanderthal Nutrition Paleo Extreme. We came out of Africa. It's time to go back. Go to drbuild.com. That's drbillduck.com. Right, right, yeah. Dr. Bill Duck's Paleo Extreme. Check it out. Yeah, so yeah, you need the vitamins, you need the minerals, you need the, what is it, micro, micro uh, crystalline elephant tusk. And, uh, yeah, shredded uh, gazelle carcasses in there. So you get all your nutrients. I'm pretty sure that's going to be just rammed back with B vitamins. Definitely. No doubt about it. Uh, Serengeti plain grass in there. Makes it nice and frothy. So, uh, yeah, get yourself a big cold glass of Paleo Extreme. Only at drbillducks.com, Dr. Bill Ducks. Yeah, anyway. So, no, that's a fake product, but um, that was uh, that was actually John Adams as Dr. Bill Duck. Right, John? Am I on? Am I on? Uh, 
Am I recording? Can you guys hear me? Wow, wow, wow. Yes, good. I can't hear John. Oh, kids are still up. Okay. Yeah, let me bring in... I see... Oh, got a bank of caller enters. I'll bring in two at a time. I see Rochello on. Let's unmute Rochello. And then we'll unmute uh, Dr. Fuster Cluck. And, uh, all right. Hello. Hello, Chris. Hey, how you doing, doctor? Um, I'm doing very well. So did you hear that commercial? What do you, I mean, I didn't really get it peer-reviewed by uh, another professional. I mean, that I've would... Been saving up, I've been saving up my money. I think, yeah, a couple hundred bucks for some paleo might just be just what I need. Okay, so that's another endorsement from a certified oh, yeah. professional. Okay, that's good. I mean... Pointing out to... Yeah. And then, of course... I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, and then we got Dr. Bill Duck. He's a, he's a doctor, obviously, because he's a doctor in front of his name. Um, so, yeah, so that's... Uh, so it's uh, peer-reviewed at this point. And... Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know how, uh, what you want as far as an endorsement, but that's two, two doctors have signed off. So then it's peer reviewed. So yeah, that's definitely, um, high value item. It's an only, it's only available on a hoax busters call. Well, it's endorsed by Dr. Fuster Cluck. So that ought to be, you could probably raise the price after that. Well, yeah, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that they will. I mean. I mean, you want all your nutrition, don't you? I mean, you don't want you don't want to go around uh, deficient, and what you're going to be um, paleoed out, basically. So I want all of my I want all of my nutrition. Every not just a bit of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I think that. Uh, yeah, anything that could help you get there, especially in a powder form, is going to be yeah worth it. And and it helps. It helps you with the with the chicks and everything too. So right, right. So um, yeah, I mean, what more do you want? But do you um, listen to the. Uh, beginning of the call there do you follow any of the news media events or anything well this the past past few weeks i've been hanging out with the family a little bit and they like to they like to keep msnbc on a lot like in the mornings and so i get to hear a lot about donald trump he's just he's just infuriating and all the oh yeah conversations about him and stuff and so I just I just try to my my family's like pretty normal and everything so 
I just try not to try not to scare anybody with my crazy ideas too much. I just kind of just let them know that I haven't been watching TV that much and don't have much to say about it, except that he's really funny looking. I keep pointing out that the that his hair and his skin and and about how when he shaved Jim McMahon's head and the mm. he's got the reality TV show he was on and just how ridiculous he is. And everyone agrees he's very ridiculous, but they also take him at the same time. They take him very seriously. It's very, all the things he's talking about are just, if, if you don't keep up, if you don't keep up with all these, all these things in the news, then you're just part of the problem. So, so I try to chime in every once in a while and just kind of let them know how ridiculous things are and, and how good I feel from not watching TV at all, but that I'm just, I'm just a new man and just because I don't participate. So I'm just kind of trying to influence my family members gradually. So maybe, maybe they'll, something will click at some point and they'll, yeah, it's pretty interesting how you have this uh, individual that is a reality TV star. He's sort of a B-grade celebrity of sorts, has been around for a while on different movies and uh, television shows, and he had his own television show. And then now all of a sudden he's like the most important person on the planet, basically the most powerful man in the free world. It's It's really... Absurd. He's but, got his uh, finger yeah. on the button. He's got, He's his, got finger. his finger on the nuclear button. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's like, come on. Better. It's like, yeah. It's just another reason you better stay tuned. Yeah, you got to watch him closely because... He's got the nuclear football, and he's a loose cannon, and he's like, yeah, man, I mean, this is so... I, you know, I mean, I've pointed out this before, it's just, you know, it's pure theater. I don't know how could it get any more obvious, um, especially with, yeah, the recent developments, and it's just, it, it, you know, with it, with another guy that's an, another admitted actor, you know, had several in the past that... Go acting career and then into politics. Oh, he, he had the governor of California for a while. What he's a, the Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, give me a break, ridiculous. But uh, it's, he's, it's, a, yeah. he's a governator. Yeah, the governor. I mean, yeah, it's just I can't look at any of that stuff because to me, it's just this is just silly. I mean, it's like uh, same reason I don't like watching. Um, soap operas or anything like that it's just the the drama that it's contrived drama and it's like who needs that in their life i don't need any contrived put on drama in my life i don't need it you know it's like whatever. well but even yeah. even the normie even the normie type people they will they will say that they don't like drama i don't like drama and they'll um they're on board with that but then i mean if you're watching apparently Americans watch like on average eight hours of of media each day. I'm not sure how I'm not sure how they do that, but but I, they, people yeah. say they don't like they say they don't like drama, but at the same time they they take in all the drama and 
they they say that they're not affected by it and and I've got and I I try to I've got some friends that I'll hang out with and and there's there's plenty of things I can say to them as long as I don't venture into the conspiracy theory type stuff and I'm very careful not not to I mean because that's people become very dismissive if you start talking about any of that stuff but just just the tone if I if I if I uh, start saying how it's all drama and it's not it's not real and I mean I, I can I can stick to mainstream subjects and and they'll they'll still the conspiracy theory thing that that's just some somehow people are on the lookout for that so if, if you even if you stray a little bit into into controversial subjects that's not part of mainstream though so yeah I've just run into that I'm not quite sure how to how to reach people I mean you have, you have to go way out you have to like go way out of your way to find people that that would listen to this broadcast so but I found I found a few I'm 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 out there I'm spreading the word well, thanks. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll have a few people. Maybe Dr. Fuster Cluck will have a little. Maybe there'll be a group of people that will eventually call in. And I think it's important. I think it's it's not a lost cause. I mean, there's there's people out there that'll that'll chime in and change their worldview a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, um, I I kind of been looking into stuff for a while and um, I kind of get sort of a bit jaded a bit and I kind of get um, frustrated and um, so can you kind of go through these lulls or these periods of kind of where it's just seems sort of uh, pointless you know or it's kind of like yeah you know you see stuff out there like uh, oh I don't know, like the like the TSA or something, and that's still going on, and it's just just really aggravating. And um, then I saw something that was uh, related to that, and then the guy was trying to film it or something, and he was kind of doing a doing a protest or whatever at the airport, and then the airport security is going into all. Well, you don't know what you know what happened on 9/11, and it's like, come on, dude! Like 9/11, you're a grown man, and you believe in that horseshit. It's like, did do do people even? I mean, they've had time to look at it and 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 examine the claims, and the and the and the whole emotional impact of the initial thing is well past, and so now people have opportunity to kind of maybe go back and look at that and say was that even what it was that that was ridiculous what they said what happened it is it is ridiculous but but there's ridiculous people that are that are that are making the claim that that it's that it's all horseshit and if and if the messenger if if the messenger is someone that's that's a little bit goofy or or i mean it doesn't take much to to um dismiss somebody yeah 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 just just if if someone just seems a little bit goofy they'll they'll just say well that must be bullshit i guess i guess i don't know people are pretty pretty people are pretty fickle and and the easy the easiest thing to 
to fall back on is, is something that you've heard over and over and over on the TV. Yeah, so about it at all? Yeah. No, they and don't. They don't think. They don't look at. Uh, yeah, they don't look at it with any kind of critical eye whatsoever. And people accept yeah. the the means. They accept the mainstream stuff. They might question a few things. They might believe in aliens. Um, they might believe in Bigfoot. They might believe that um, you know the government is hiding things like that. But but just to entertain themselves, not not it's not like part of their worldview. It's not part of their belief system or anything. It's just like oh, well, aliens, Bigfoot, yeah, you know. The history history channel, you know, like um, you know, pyramids were built by ancient aliens, and um, Atlantis, you know, was a super, yeah, exactly. you know, super race from the past, all that type of stuff. Yeah, you know, it's just fun. It's fun. It is. It's fun. Yeah, it's like entertainment. You know, it's like. Uh a lot of the conspiracy realm is sort of a uh, entertainment uh, uh, but, slanted. But, but, but there's another thing too. It's like, is that wait, is that Richard on the call? Richard's on. It is. There he is. Yeah. Oh, he is. Okay, sure. I'm gonna get off then. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No. Here, here's the thing. I, I think. I think. Everybody has encountered this at some point. Unfortunately, I'm not saying this in a mean way. I don't. I don't hate people. I'm not a human hater, but it's fun to be dumb, too. Like pe- people really do revel in ignorance. They like it. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, with 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 anything. You know, like you. Like you look at you look at this stuff that comes out in the media, and you're thinking, "Oh, like this." Uh, so this mass shooting happened, and it's like uh, then the idea it's like, "Oh, did it really happen?" And then people are in shock, you know, that you would suggest such a thing. But it's like, really, is that far fetched? It's not far fetched at all. It's like if, if if people are told something happened, especially from a, from an official source, they'll believe it, no matter what. So it's like that. Why would it be so far fetched that the, that that it would be some uh, massive hoax or something? It's like that's not that's not far fetched so at all. Case in point is the interview with that Tom with Tom DeLong. Tom DeLong is telling Joe Rogan the whole interview that he believes everything that these higher up Pentagon people are telling him about UFOs, and he and he has he offers no proof. That any of the stuff's real, he just says, "Oh well, you should see the people I work. I'm working with. You should see these people. They're just, you know, they're, um, you know, people who were high up in the Pentagon and they studied this UFO stuff, and it's all real, man. Because they would never lie to me. And even Joe Rogan says to him, like, you know, did you ever think that maybe these people are telling you a bunch of BS? And he's like, Oh no, no, they would never do that." Yeah, I got. He said, I got. I got the specifically. No fucking way. Yeah, no fucking way. I, I got the impression that the <laughs> that this Tom is the name Tom the Delong guy. Uh, he he's a singer. If, if people aren't familiar with him, he's a singer uh, or or the front man of the band uh, Blink One Eighty Two. Is like a punk punk rock band. I guess they were popular in the nineties, right? Uh, I think. 
I I, I never yeah, like I never liked it. I don't know. Like in the night, yeah. It, so I, I get the impression that like he actually believes what he was told. Um, that he's not just you know going going along with it to 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 um, convince people. I, I kind of get a sense that maybe he does actually believe what he, you know these you know CIA agents and whatever told him. Richard and I agree with that. Yeah. yeah so that uh, movie, that documentary Mirage Men goes into that. Which um, yeah, it's just some documentary out there. I don't know, like it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting. But that's that's the uh, whole gist of it is that um, so the CIA goes out and then they recruit these people that are like you know into looking into UFOs and all this stuff. So they, there's like you know a lot of people out there that are like heavily into it. So they'll start like feeding them stuff. You know, like oh well, yeah, well you know we we know about this and then like here's. Uh, a document we're going to leak this to you you know like and then it's like so they're just pumping up their head full of all this horse shit and um and they go out and they did they dispense this out to, to other other people that are willing to listen to this and then they want to want to believe in this crap and you know what else yeah. that was in was in um the hyper normalization movie oh right yeah yeah it uh there was an excerpt from that in there when they're yeah um, yeah, this is how things are. This is how new belief systems and new things are created. We're witnessing it, you know, being, you know, sort of unfolding, especially now with the Internet. And then we're seeing more and more and more talk of it sort of in the mainstream and everything. And now, you know, it's it's it, but see, this has been another movement. It's kind of like veganism or animal rights stuff that's, you know, ha, ha, has been slowly, gradually accumulating members over the years and then you start to see it being more and more ramped up and like i was talking about with um every president that goes on jimmy kimmel or any of those shows that the first thing they ask them is like do you know did you look in uh, uh did you look into the ufo thing do you know anything about ufos uh, uh obama is like and then, and then of course he he's Obama's totally playing into the idea. He's saying, "No, oh, no, I, I, oh, but I can't tell you what I do know." It's like, yeah, shut up. It's like it's just, <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah. It's like uh, same with Bush. They did the same thing with Bush. They did the same thing with Clinton. It's like everyone. They did it with Trump. Like uh, I, I remember that was the like. I don't. I think it was the same day of the inauguration, if I'm not mistaken. I heard something about that, like that's coming up, you know, Trump. question or whatever. And he he had a similar reply. Yeah. So they yeah they do it Trump too. Yeah. Ah man, it's just it's obvious. So I guess the idea is to put this idea out in people's heads. But this has been going on for some time. I don't like back in the. So in the '90s, I I read that book um, Philip Corso, The Day After Roswell, and uh, so so here's this guy. He was a retired general or something, some high up in the Air Force, or whatever. By the way, John Dvorak always always says that uh, recommends that book to people because him and Curry believe in aliens. I guess, yeah, which is, which is bizarre, but. 
I recommend reading that book because if you're a critical thinker and you read this book, and my my takeaway from it is like this is the biggest piece of bull crap I've ever smelled. This is total, absolute mm-hmm. bull crap. I mean, just the way that the technology is described and it's like no, I mean this is just all just convoluted contrived. Everybody needs to go back into the archives. Listen to the call that we did with Jason Colavito, not just because Chris totally destroyed him on an evolution debate, but because the first part of that call is us actually talking with him about the research that he did into the where where aliens come from. Um, they come from H.P. Lovecraft and from Theosophy. Mm hmm. Oh yeah, that's where that's where the idea of aliens comes from. So, yeah, that's how yeah. that's how they came into the modern you know lexicon. The idea of aliens, all that type of stuff, comes directly out of there. Well, the the universe is just so vast. I mean, be, because because the infinite universe and outer space and all the planets and galaxies. I mean, if you just count how many possibilities of all the galaxies and planets and comets and stuff there are out there i mean it would just be silly to say that there's not aliens because there's bound to be aliens just because we're just a tiny speck in the in the vast universe so so i mean just if you if yeah, you just yeah. uh, this plays into darwinism speaking statistically speaking there there just must be aliens out there so I think that's what people are thinking is just that just because just because we're just we've just evolved from from pond scum and and there's no, pond that's, scum that's all over people the universe. Think, I mean, there's just I mean, there there's there's must be aliens. So people think that because you see, think that, you know, aliens is counter to Darwinism. It's actually not. Um, and Chris, if you listen to that call that we did with Jason Colavito again, the great thing is, is Chris gets him cornered. You know, it was it was like a box. It was like a boxing match, and Chris got him cornered because, at the end of the call, he basically had to admit that even though he had, you know, proved that there wasn't any aliens and it was derived from ancient aliens, he basically had to admit that there was probably a possibility that there was aliens because. You know, evolution could couldn't actually prove that there wasn't, but you know, it's, it was like the stuff Richard Dawkins says. Um, yeah, about the multiverse. Yeah, about the multiverse. Yeah. And so, so yeah, the multiverse also proves that there is aliens. At the same time, Darwinism was supposed to be antithetical to the idea of aliens existing. So, once again, what do you have out of this? Man is small. Man doesn't know anything. Um, they built, you know, it's a building up and a tearing down process. It was a building up process to break away from the idea of religion and God to create a secular humanist religion. But at the same time, secular humanism builds you up. It also has to tear you down. It's like, oh, man is this God, but man is also like... 
you know, a disease for the planet. You know, it's it's all contradictory and and um, it's it's moving people. It succeeded in moving people forward in the process of industrialization, but in that same process, as they built up, they tore man down. Right? It's like. Yeah. You know, man's a disease. Man is small. He's nothing but an animal. Um, we have nothing but our animal instincts. That's all we can survive on. And um, we have to use our intellect to bring about the evolutionary process that we will manifest into existence through the singularity. Right. And we're we're not capable. We're not capable of, of doing all the things that we want to because we need the singularity to happen to be able to do all the things that we want to, right? So, you know, it's not good enough that you have your smartphone that you can, you know, if someone says a word that you don't understand, um, then you can, you know, look it up real quick on your smartphone and feel good about yourself. No, it's going to be even better in the future because you can, you'll be able to say like Keanu Reeves, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to go, you know, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, knowledge is obsolete. So now, now that we have technology at the same time, we, we don't have to have, we don't have to have knowledge of our own, but, at the same time, there's there's just yeah, there's the singularity and there's there's endless possibilities and and the the future is the future is bright, but it's not but it's not because of anything we do because because we we um we're we're just tiny little cogs in the in the giant technology and all these things and and uh, all we can do is sit back and be bystanders and stay tuned and just wonder at this at the spectacle of of all the things that are going on with CERN and uh, and space and I mean we're, we're just we 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 just we just need to we just need to accept all these things are going to happen and and there's nothing we can do to possibly change it and but but we can stay tuned it's going to be incredible we just need to sit back and take it all in and and uh live in our little boxes and no and you know what else too is the um on the on that call between Rogan and DeLong and they're arguing over um like an like Tom DeLong's talking about this this pe- this piece of metal that's like <laughs> allegedly going to be weightless and you fire an electron over it and it makes it weightless or something and then him and Joe Rogan are like having a debate because Rogan's going, well, how do you fire a single electron? And he's like, well, I don't know. He's all, I'm not a physicist, but I mean, look, I'm not a physicist, but look, there's CERN. I mean, look what they're doing at CERN. And it's like, and then Joe Rogan, like can see, you know, he concurs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Right. And it's like, have either of those guys been to CERN? Do they actually know what's going on at CERN? No, they don't. But, you have to. You have well, to. They know. They know science. it's very important. Well, that's like when he had Neil deGrasse Tyson on, and it was like the the moon landing discussion, and it it it, it was the way that Joe Rogan positioned himself, where he was just genuflecting in front of his uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's perceived authority. And it was like, yeah, see, now the moon, like you, you go to like his past. Uh, 
discussions about the moon landing and all that. So he's his position was, oh, it's obvious hoax, you know, and then very adamant about it. But then it's like, oh, well, you know, I've changed my mind now. I've talked to a physicist about it. And it's like, well, as if like that, like he had any any cogent arguments against the 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 the, the moon hoax being fake. It's like he, it's like that's that is telling that is that is instructive of his listeners to to um, send the message of how you know we're supposed to regard ourselves and in the face of so-called authority or these experts it's that's that's training it's like how to it's like yeah you may think that that's ridiculous but uh here's a physicist to tell you where you're wrong you know it's like um but it that i, I think that's what it's about I, I don't know if he was initially sincere about the but the moon hoax being fake and all that the moon landing hoax but um it, it, I think he was, maybe, probably, but then his uh, whatever you know his his position now is that um, oh well, see now uh, I, I've been set straight by the experts, and that's that's how people are trained to like yeah abandon your own sense yeah. of uh, uh, you know. He had Michael logic. Shermer on a couple of times, you know, and Michael Shermer set him straight, and then Neil deGrasse Tyson set him straight, and. Sam Harris and the rest of them. Yeah, it doesn't matter that they didn't have any arguments that that were valid. I mean, there was like, what did Neil deGrasse Tyson? What was his um, whole dismissal of it? It's like, oh, where where do you think all the rocket fuel went then if they didn't go to the moon with it? It's like what? That's (laughs) rocket fuel. Like what? It's like. Did a rocket get launched? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, a rocket went up there. With, like, what is a rocket anyway? It's like, what, so that damn thing could go to the moon? It's like, that's what we're told. That's the thing. It's just begging the question. It's like, where did the rocket fuel go? I think it's, it's, that's not even a... The rockets, yeah, they don't even go argument. up. They, the rockets don't even go up. Yes, the rockets go off, but then they just go off over the ocean and everyone watches them and I guess that's because they're going they're going into the orbit or it, it just doesn't even look like they're going to space but that's that's okay though that's just the way it is well see they're going sideways sideways so that they can they go uh, sideways slingshot off the earth's gravity see and then that's how it's like yeah but they don't even appear to be going up high enough up to even but it doesn't matter. It's just that's what they tell you, and that's what you believe. And uh, but okay, so if you believe that they went to the moon, you have to base it on um, what experts tell you. You can't really make that determination off anything else. So that's why I think that that that's the way it was played out on Joe Rogan's podcast. The way it was, it was like, okay, here's an expert to tell you. And that's going to be the final word on it. See, see how well, it works. Well, and I, I think there were there were plenty of people, maybe before Joe Rogan. I mean, I think he he swung a lot of people back back into the normie perspective because because he was skeptical, and maybe there were other people that were skeptical. They were watching Joe Rogan, but then when he changes his mind, if you still like Joe Rogan, you're going to change your mind too, and you're just going to. You're just going to parrot what he 
I mean, your your whole belief system is just going to mirror his to some extent, and and yeah, I, I think that whole thing might have just been had nothing to do with Joe Rogan. He's just it's just kind of a scripted kind of a thing that someone thought would be good, whether he knows it or not. I mean, not that it matters. Well, well one one of the issues that needs to get brought up, and R- Richard can attest to this, is once again. Uh, you know, after our series on the untold history of punk rock, once again, you have a punk rocker who is now confirmed asset of an intelligence agency. Okay, yeah. so admitted. Now we have a admitted, an, admitted, 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 confirmed intelligence asset who is a sing, singer, guitar player in a punk rock band. Or is he the bass player? I can't. I can't remember which one. It, he was. He was. Yeah, he played guitar. Yeah, I, I'm not into Blink 182 at all. But um, yeah, you're missing out. <laughs> I, I can't stand. No, I'm. I'm not. My my sister. One of my sisters was a big fan. She. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's. She's about your age, Richard. So yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Right in. Right in there. They. They were one of my stepping stones. <laughs> into punk rock that is <laughs> so so a blink 182 member is a confirmed agent is that what's happening yes uh yeah it's pretty pretty obvious from i mean i don't see how you can make an argument otherwise i mean he didn't come out right and say that but he, oh, okay. i mean everything he did I, I say he like did. you know i think he actually did, did. I mean, he's on a team with a bunch of. Uh, he, he said he's a member of a team that you know has like CIA guys and uh, somebody that recently left the Department of the De- of Defense and and all the, all these things. So I, I mean, you know. So his dad was an oil executive, right? Delon's yeah. dad, and then his did, and the did bass they, player was dad worked in the aerospace industry. <clears throat> so there you go with that same pattern. The bass player's dad was in the Department of Defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm confused. Are you guys uh, implying that there aren't people in space on the ISS? Because I just got back from the ISS. I've been in space for like the last eight months. So Rochelle's actually been there. Do you have, can you prove Well, that's because Rochelle was able to stand on top of the Wilshire Grand Hotel on the very tip top of the spire and then project herself up with a backpack, with a um, jet pack all the way up to the. Yeah, did you like that video that I did you of me doing that, John? <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah. And it was an and she yeah, has a picture that, of it. It's not, she has a picture of it, but not fo- not photoshopped. <laughs> no, it says no. It says not photoshopped in the uh, XF data. And it was live too. Well, I think that I think that the big argument is whether or not they can tie off. To anything and like I was saying and you know I wrote basically um, iron workers and steel erectors or whatever they're the only industry that's allowed to tie off I think it's like six feet below them 
or something like that because there's nothing for them to tie off to above them. So that's where they're allowed. They're the only trade that's allowed to do that legally. And like, I pretty much know that. So um, they definitely were tied off like below them. I mean, there's nowhere else for them to tie off. You're talking about erecting buildings. Like how do they get that stuff in the air and have fall protection? They actually, I think they have to go to training to learn how to like, I don't know, tie their stuff off correctly or whatever because they have to do it in a different manner than other trades do. Just a little tidbit. Hmm. But the ISS and, is and that's the, and the And the ISS is the part that I was in for the last eight months. It's real, yeah. Yep. Yes, I've seen Earth in space. Now I've I've <clears throat> I uh <laughs> I've been in space but on Earth for the last few months, but yeah. Um I believe the you ISS uh, my... I don't have any way <laughs> to refute that. I have no proof against it. It's just like the moon landing it's like okay what what are you gonna how are you gonna prove that they didn't go to the moon? I mean, you, you just have to, you know, look at what's presented and, and, and make the determination is like, okay, is this a depiction of reality? Especially when you see the damn thing launching from the moon, the lunar module that supposedly you see it taking off from the moon. If that's not the fakest damn looking thing ever, I don't know what is, but it's like, that's supposed to be real. But here's, here's the thing about it. It's like, Okay, that's an extraordinary claim, right? And so, like, anybody that regards themselves as skeptical or whatever, they're going to say, well, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. It's like, well, here's the thing, and I, and I, uh, uh, I try to point this out as often I, as I can. It's like footage of anything, like in the age of Hollywood, it, it, you know, since, since, you know, Hollywood special effects have been around, uh, that that destroys film footage as being a confirmation, uh, you know, irrefutable confirmation of anything, anything. So you, you that's no longer a high, that's no longer an extraordinary proof of anything. It, it, it can't be, well, but it, because of only, the only ability if you're, to think only if you're a conspiracy theorist, though. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a conspiracy well, theorist if you point that out. On that note, I was going to say, in the Joe Rogan thing, um, I don't know, did you guys, anybody watch the video? He was telling Joe Rogan to pull up with whatever, some 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 type of high-tech craft that they have, and and then he was like, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, this this will prove whatever, and then and then Joe Rogan's like, that was, sorry, that was like, you know, really fake looking he said i think he said if that was a movie i would have wanted my money back or whatever like um and that was his proof of uh, i forget what point he was trying to make but you, you well, know not only that, like this is a joke not only that richard there's a part where um delong explains the moon landings and he says okay here's what they had to do first they came out and they said the moon landings were real then they came out and said the moon landings were fake. He's all, they put out those same two 
narratives yeah to to obfuscate the fact that they knew that there was something deeper that they couldn't tell the public and that's what was <laughs> on the moon <laughs> right yeah. which and they could have just said absolutely nothing at all about any of it but no See, they I didn't think do that. It's- I think that the, the the debate is the important part. Like, it's important for us not to know and for us to always be yeah. so they can always change what it is and they can always manipulate that. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, those are pretty important questions. Like, where the hell are we? What is this? What's out there? And it's like, if they don't tell us and make us be, be confused about that or if we're always questioning that or if we think we know and then they can throw evidence out us that makes me make us think that we don't know. I think that's just kind of a, um, a part, might be like a war tactic almost, um, a way to kind of, actually, I think Adam Curtis, you guys are speaking about Adam Curtis one of your calls. I think that he has um, something, a documentary on something like that, like uh, indirect, um, indirect warfare, basically. Do you know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, yes. Yes, doc- I do. A documentary. What is that called? Um, the sum of all fears, I think. Is that, is that what the one is? Or the well, the power of nightmares. Power of nightmares, yeah. No. That might be well, it. Um, actually, I, I think it's. I think it might be the one that you guys were talking about. Um, Hypernormalization. See, now I have to eat my words until I figure out exactly what I'm talking about, but. Um, well, I'll say this. I, I, believe, I believe that Rochelle went, Rochelle went to the moon, or I believe that Rochelle was in space in the ISS more than I believe the moon footage. <laughs> 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 it, and, I, and, I, and see, I can't tell you as whether or not I was, so I kind of think it's just about it. But, um, but yeah, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've, been, I've been out of this world, we could say, for a while. But um, no, there's there's an Adam Curtis. Um, he does a documentary or a talk, and it's basically about essentially it's about um, how the government or the politicians or whatever use this tactic of confusion. I mean, that's kind of a the best word. Yeah, thing. he's talking about it's Russia. Probably, yeah, it he's was talking, one of Russia. Yeah, yeah he and was the talking. The word was the documentary, and that's why I'm trying to find out what's documentary. Yeah, it's hypernormalization. Is it really? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, um, he's talking about um, the guy who worked for Putin, how he would put out fake stories and he would put out stories that were that were bad for Putin. And then it's it's right, stuff that right. we all, it's it's stuff that we've all talked about on here plenty of times before. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. That, pe- that people don't believe where it's um, we talk about controlled opposition. And he he actually says that he says that. Um, they asked him, like, well, why do you put out bad stories about Putin? He says, well, because we can control both sides. We can control the narrative on both sides. John, has anybody ever asked you that? Like, do you really think that they would set the – like, this is the direct question that I was asked, basically. And it kind of threw me for a loop. Like, I don't really know where to start when somebody asks me a question like this. But it was, do you believe – do you really think the police would put something out there that made them look bad? Like, that was the way that the question was directed at me. And basically, obviously, it's like, yeah, they definitely would. Like, there's definitely multiple ways, multiple steps 
um, that you can take to get to your goal of as far as uh, PR and stuff like that goes. But um, yeah, essentially, it well, is even on a basic level. Yeah, exactly. Even on, even on a basic level, let's just let's just say hypothetically something like um, uh, I don't know. Well, Chris, use that example of that local um, businessman who said they put out a fake story to obfuscate a bigger fake uh, um, a bigger story. Well, when was this? Remember, you you were talking to me privately about some local business that had put out a fake story about themselves that was detrimental oh, yeah. to them. It's like a regional chain here. And um, so there was a rumor kind of floated that everybody bought into about uh, it, he, he was a compulsive gambler and got into debt. And that's how he lost the, the chain. And that's why it folded. But the real story was that they they deliberately sold out to uh, Sam Walton. On purpose. Yeah. Right. So so they sell they sell it to a corporation, but they don't want to put that out. So they just let everybody think that the guy lost the company in a you know, to gambling debts. Yeah. And that's what everybody generally believes, as far as I know. On which, which would be interesting, because the 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 way we were talking about that in context, privately was, what if that's like something like with the Harvey Weinstein thing, you know, you know, there's, well, there's, there's something else going on, and then putting out fake stories which you think are detrimental to them are actually obfuscating something else whatever it may be um it could be yeah, something as de- as lightweight as a business deal or something as heavyweight as a veiled masonic ritual happening in public so yeah if the water is muddy enough then they can float out any kind of a turd barge story they want to just because I mean, no one knows what to think, and and yeah, I think that's pretty common tactic. Does that make sense? Is that a good analogy? Yeah, I mean, what what do you guys think? I mean, I'm I'm pretty I pretty much know what most of y'all think, but do you see that there's um, all these new sex allegations coming out all over the place? And the way that's going to be thought of in the main in, to the mainstream person is that, oh well, this is a ripple effect because there's so much sexual harassment in the industry, and um, um, now people are going to get in trouble. And it was because people had courage to speak out against Harvey Weinstein, and it caused a ripple effect and cleaned house, right? Yeah, people really are pathetic, aren't they? Right. I mean, so in, instead of viewing this as, some, as a type of narrative that is, you know, you know, this, you know, something we've been pointing out for what a couple of years now that this, you know, there's these narratives that take place. I mean, first of all, this narrative actually kicks off with Trump, right? Because he's the 
he's the, you know, like we, we talked about before, it was, you know, Hillary versus Trump. It's man versus woman. It's divide and conquer. And Trump is the um, misogynist womanizer who He's says, like the you know, the of the media right now, even more so than Obama was. I think so, right? He's like yeah. the center of. I mean, I can't. I can't. When he, when you scroll back from my from my uh, iPhone or whatever, and the news unfortunately pops up there, it's all Trump is in every single line there. Like it's like it's just overwhelming. Like how can you not? I, I can't even read anything uh, at all because um, it's basically all about him. Like, it's, but but see, Rochelle, the 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 right wing media and the alt media, the alternative media, they're going to tell you that that's Trump, like playing the media, like he played them, he tricked them into um, into talking about him. And like, what color underwear and what color socks he wears and. How many fingers he stuck up this girl and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah. So he he played the media into talking about him so much. They were just so hateful and so liberal that they lost their wits and actually helped him get into office and talked him up in the media so much that he actually got more attention than Hillary Clinton. Right. And now they can't help themselves and they keep talking about him and they you know they're just too stupid to realize that by them covering him in the media that that actually helps him i mean this shooting was actually a relief from all that to be honest with you i mean you can't get past uh trump and 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 his uh <clears throat> his entourage and everything so basically the shooting is like that's the only thing that dominated the media beyond him basically ever since from I haven't really been paying attention as I said because I've been in space and stuff but from what I know you know just landing back on earth and then being hit with the Las Vegas thing that was almost um, bigger than Trump's reign has been for this last year or so but um, yeah and then how the whole so it was, it was, Vegas shooting was it was a relief to have 600 people die or 600 people get shot <laughs> like it's, it's like custom crafted to feed into this whole this whole narrative that's going on with uh, guns and Trump and like what so they so they right away it was like um, oh is this guy Antifa so the inside sources have him tied to Antifa and ISIS and all this other horse crap and it's like that that is it, it, the whole thing, the, the way way it played out, and the and the and the guy being a white guy, and the guy being um, a, a gun owner, a gun advocate, and then uh, uh, Bundy's uh, bodyguard selling him guns, buying buying a bolt action Manlicker Carcano from the <laughs> from the Bundy bodyguard. No, I'm just kidding. But it well, was a bolt action. What yeah, thirty out six or something. Yeah, why did they come out with that story uh, like it was a big deal? Oh, he bought a bolt action. It's like, well, so what? I mean, didn't he use a fully auto or some 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 uh, modified uh, stock AR fifteen or yeah, whatever? Stock AR. So like, what? So why a bolt action? It's like, it. it I think it was. JFK. It was like an inside sort of joke, a reference to JFK. 
okay, they're still looking for the second shooter of JFK to this day. How, how long ago was he, was he allegedly shot? Like 60-some-odd years ago. They're still, the search is still on for the second shooter. And, and oh, you know what I just realized, too? They're now releasing the JFK document. Okay, they were, so we're within yep. weeks of the yeah. uh, Las yep. Vegas thing, and then mm-hmm. Trump is going to, he's president, and then he's, and then they're going to release the JFK stuff. Yeah, I just now. Okay, so now this yeah. is all coming together. It all and, ties in. Yeah. It also ties, see, Har, the Harvey Weinstein thing is part of the same scripted narrative as Trump because Trump set the stage for the whole, you know, hate men, misogynist, Type thing. I'm not saying that wasn't going on before that. I'm saying it brought it into the limelight. Oh, the president is this big misogynist who grabs women's pussies, right? Yeah. It brought that out into the limelight medium. You know, men are pigs. Men are bad. Look, there's the Trump. There's the you know the big clown with the orange hair, and he you know has you know hot model wives and daughters surrounded by these you know powerful, good-looking women, and, uh, you know, we hate him, and he represents capitalism, and look what he did to Hillary. He's an evil misogynist. He's a bad guy. It set the stage for all of this that, we, that we're now seeing. It's, it's total the same succession that we saw with the, with the rise of Trump, with white nationalism and all that type of stuff being played up as well. It's a succession. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all. And then so now you have all the um, conflicting reports and everything around it to create all this um, uh, speculation and conjecture around the whole thing that that it'll it'll just serve whatever um, particular bent that you're going to fall into. Just kind of like referencing the Joxalal quote that I quoted earlier, your group think, your dialectic. So you, so they, they kind of leave everything kind of open-ended, and then it's all under the, the idea that, um, oh, they're covering up something. They're not letting this information out. When, when, when you look at it in this Las Vegas event, and it's like they had that whole entire area locked down. I put that video up of that guy that, he tried to go out of his hotel room and and film some stuff what was going on and live stream it and then so he gets he gets confronted by these security guards and then he said okay I'll move on and he left and he went over to uh, Hooters and there's a bunch of ambulances out in the front and they're just a bunch of people standing around lollygagging and it's well, like well what the hell is going on with this it's like I think that that was legit I think that guy was out there filming and he captured what was going on, which was like, okay, total lockdown. Everybody stay in your room, and everybody did generally. And and they did this theater out in the open, and um, they had all the the Bellagio, the Tropicana, and the whole all of it locked down. They had stage shootings there because somebody's going to ask you like, well, what do you think about the shooting? It's like which one? There was like one. There was one at the Bellagio. There was one at Tropicana. There was one at New York, New York. They had everybody. Uh, freaked out and scared and on lockdown. So it's like every single one of them 
you have people saying, oh, yeah, that there were shots inside the hotel. We heard them. We were freaked out. We were running, panicking, running for our lives. And it's like that's what happened there. It was, a, it was a drill. It was a big operation. They had the whole damn town practically locked down. <laughs> and, and, and nobody knows shit about what happened um, by design. Well, you know, there's this thing that they, that they, that these hospitals have to do to keep their trauma level one uh, rating for hospitals, and one of them is um, that they have to have two drills every single year, and one drill has to be an in-house drill where the hospitals are just freaking out with each other, um, and then another one has to be what they call, I think they call it a mass event, basically. And they listed, they said shootings, um, or a concert like this may have happened, or a, a school event. They, they said school fire. They said school fire. They didn't say school event um, or school or school shooting. Um, but but I'm going to make a video on that. But it's the bystander thing. And there's, it's associated with this Stop the Bleed um, awareness program and they hold events all over the country and these events are just starting to pop up now. There's one that's happening in Portland, Oregon here on November 11th that's already sold out that I can't get into um, but they're having another one in December and I'm going to try and get to that but um, <clears throat> basically they have this uh, six minute video talking talking about Stop the Bleed and how these people just instinctively put tourniquets on people and did all this crazy medical stuff and it basically was an advertisement for the stop the bleed event which is some um government run program that's been going on for the last couple of years and um they are associated with these um mass drills and everything so oh, yeah. which by the way rochelle did you see that thing i forwarded to you i forwarded to you to chris that the rockefeller foundation's connected to this um strong cities network Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it's almost it like was, something that you don't even need to look into. You could just assume that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, yeah. You mean uh, safe cities? Is that no, what you're talking about? I, I Skyped it to you. There's an article, or it, it's a link to the Rockefeller Foundation. And Rochelle made the point about strong cities network. It's like, it's um, weird you know, like the strong thing after you know Las oh, Vegas yeah, strong, Vegas Boston strong. strong. So in that video I posted, that guy has that prominently displayed on his forearm tattoo. He got Vegas yeah. strong tattooed on his arm. Yes, yeah. So that's that's all Rockefeller Foundation funded. I, I sent you guys a, a link to the to them talking about the hundred most resilient Ooh, cities in the world. Yeah, so, so, so you follow the money. Yeah, but but yeah, what he's saying is that basically um, this hashtag strong um, insert insert city here is actually a fucking movement that's been happening for the last few years, and that's why every time some big event happens, it's associated with Las Vegas strong, Orlando strong, Boston strong, this and that. It's not just something that people. It's not grassroots, you know. They actually talk about empowering grassroots movements and how the fuck. How do you empower a grassroots movement? I mean, it's either grassroots or it's not. And so they right. try and make it seem like this hashtag strong thing is something that just came out of nowhere. And like John's saying, it's a completely sponsored event that has billions and who knows how much money running through it. And um, 
there's there's a huge uh, program overlay running over our reality, which is uh, kind of confusing people and confusing us too. I couldn't even tell you what happened in Las Vegas, but all I know is that you see people fake crying. There's a bunch of weird stories. Um, they always have this second shooter overlay, and it's just like, um, it, and the drill overlay, they admit that they have drills. I mean, they're talking about, you know, the Stop the Bleed event and all this stuff that's happening, and they say, if we had 20 people show up, we would run a drill on them. If we had 500 people show up, we would do it. So please show up to the next event. And it's like, where, where are the tickets to these? So I actually went out and found them. Um not to like an actual big event, but I did want to see like what kind of things that they do um, that are directly associated with these kind of major events. And, and what you get when you go to the Stop the Bleed, you guys should all look that up, Stop the Bleed in whatever city you're in and see if you can get into one of these things because they're running now. Because after this Las Vegas thing happened, they just started running their huge um, uh, events because everybody needs to know how to stop um, profuse bleeding from a bullet wound because eventually we're probably all going to get shot. <laughs> Rochelle, let, let me read this real quick. From, from This is from the RockefellerFoundation.org. Yeah. Sorry, it says 100, 100 resilient cities, helping cities around the world become resilient to physical, social, and economic shocks and stresses. Crisis is the new normal for cities in the 21st century. Because of the collision Amen. of globalization, <laughs> urbanization, and climate change, not a week goes by that there's not a disruption to a city somewhere in the world. A cyber attack, a natural disaster, economic or social upheavals. Meanwhile, cities face acute stresses such as poverty, endemic crime and violence, or failing infrastructure that weaken the cities. Crisis is the new normal for cities in the 21st century. While cities can't predict which disruptions will come next, they can plan for them, learn from them, and generate additional benefits through the same investments, such as opportunities for economic growth or improved parks for city residents. In other words, they can achieve resilience dividends that can make cities better places to live, not just in times of emergency, but every single day. Nice. So, is he saying you can profit <laughs> off of the crises? Parks? No, no way. Better parks? No way. Hey, you guys all know about Live PD, right? I mean, it's just something to just kind of uh, to segue into that. This, you know, you think that oh yeah, they're just you know they're just letting the these uh, camera crews follow these cities around and stuff like that. You're, I'm talking about like lockdown. All these um, documentaries that go inside prisons and jails and stuff like that. Um, they're getting hundreds of thousands of dollars to let them do this. Like, hell yeah, they profit from this. And it's like, just like even in our regular lives, we all know this. Like most of the, I'm going to say the majority of, or probably all of the interactions that we have with any human being. I mean, if you actually think about it, like it's mostly business transactions. Like it's really hard to find like a genuine friend especially nowadays as we get older and stuff like that, who, you know, you're just, that's probably why we all love these calls so much. You know, you're just talking, you're just interacting with people. Basically. It's not really has anything to do with um, business transactions per se. But I mean, if you think about that on a city level or anything, I mean, it's all about the money. I mean, it really is. They're not going to, you know, you're not just going to be able to go and film inside of a jail or film a police crew or, um, you know, or, or organize a mass shooting event run a mass shooting event without having somebody benefit and profit from 
from that. So yeah. Real real quick. Okay, did you guys? I, I just want to bring this up real fast since we were talking about. Okay, so did you see Kevin Spacey got outed today as a sexual, like sexually harassing a male co-star, and he came out that he was gay. Shocking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I wouldn't normally bring up, you know, celebrity type stuff. Here's the thing, though. Kevin Spacey is known for playing the president of the United States on House of Cards. Uh, Right. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what people know him as, as Frank Underwood, the president. And the president. Yeah, like Trump has never touched dick before. Sorry. As a gay gay sexual harasser. Yeah. Are you trying to say that? Are you trying to say Trump is gay? Of course. I mean, he does does poop his lips out a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's not there's anything wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that he could possibly be living. I mean. Yeah, I think I've I've actually thought about that before and like that before. Like definitely I'm like, this guy's definitely like definitely gone down on another dude before and he's up here being a big macho man. So I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, the point I was making was is that kind of you know, insert, inserts into the public consciousness that the president is a you know People don't separate entertainment from reality. No, and he kind of looks like Trump too, and it's younger. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's just all kind of in the public consciousness. Oh, there's politics, and you know, there's sexual harassment and Hollywood. That's that's an interesting nexus point here. Is that that show is because people tend to watch it, and I, I mean, I, I watched a couple of episodes of that show, and. I, I pointed this out before that that they do tell you a lot of truths on that show about how politics works and that they even have real news people um, acting as themselves on the show. Huh. Wow. So they have like they have like, you know, Sean Hannity and Rachel Maddow and all all those people like on the show pretending I mean, to be themselves really their aims, yeah they're playing themselves sean hannity and rachel maddow i don't know i i always wonder as to whether or not like their names aren't just tweaked maybe just a little bit or something like that to where it would make them like i mean think about having your your name in the hollywood like the hollywood walk of fame those stars down there having a name inside of that pavement there that wasn't even yours but was associated with you i mean that really no. seems like the majority of Chris and I were having a discussion about this yesterday, uh, weren't we, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah. About how Hollywood names are corporate entities. So, you know, the example yeah, we brands. use is... And they're yeah. owned. And that's, Brad that's always Pitt. part of the legality there. And so, Brad, I just, I just I always Pitt, wonder Brad about... Is not, not Brad Pitt name. is not his 90s. name. Yeah, exactly. And all these weathermen and all these people on the news, that's what I'm saying. So I wonder if that's even really their name. And it's not really like a conspiracy type of thing. Like that's just well known. And well, so Donald, I, I just always thought it was weird. Like Donald Trump, that's yeah. not his name either. That's it's actually oh, yeah, Trump. Yeah, exactly. 
D R U M P H or something like that. Um, but then his and then they he even, openly pimps his name out as a brand for to stick on, you know, real estate and all that. It's the Trump brand. That's what he's kind of known for. That's a pretty cool brand name too. I mean, but think about even Obama. They even tried to play with, oh, is this his name or not? Right? Like he even tried to play with that. Even though it's not really admitted, or is it is it admitted? I think I just lost on that. But I mean, it's always you know, th- there's always this name game going on. So yeah, I just I, I if I was in a in the Hollywood um, star group or whatever, I would want my real freaking name on there. Basically, I wouldn't want Brad Brad Pitt's real name is William Willie Pitt. Doesn't sound as uh. St- Willie Pitt doesn't sound as uh, movie starish <laughs> as Brad Pitt. Well, maybe another type of movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like something Kevin Spacey would be into. Right. No, I don't. Like if his career had taken a different turn, it would have been Willie. Yeah. Y'all want to hear a call that I made to, or I'll just play part of it. Like the I made made a call to UMC Medical Center, talked to this lady. Did they speak? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Did you get cut off, though? Well, let's hear it. Uh, well, no, they don't answer a lot of questions, but uh, it, it's kind of interesting what she said, uh, this particular. I talked to a couple of people and didn't get nothing out of them, but this, I thought this part was kind of interesting. I'll, I'll just play part of it here. Let me uh, turn this on. Yeah, we did. Uh, approximately how many individuals were were treated for gunshot wounds? I really don't have that information, but who am I talking to? That's Chris Kendall. From? From Lawton, Oklahoma. Okay. See, the, the that information will be from my public relation officer. Oh, okay. So, and she's not here, but she will be here Monday. Okay, so it was... Um, pretty chaotic scene there i imagine right i mean it was very very chaotic and all that so but yeah. thing is that the numbers and all the logistics is with her so she will be able to give you all that sir okay were you guys conducting any kind of uh, drills or anything recently what kind of drill you mean oh like you know preparedness drill we do that regularly in our hospital this is a county hospital. We always do emergency preparedness. We have a, we we have we we get together with the other hospitals and the fire departments and uh, everybody, and we do this regularly. We have like at least minimum two or three a year. We do it. emergency preparedness um, drills. We do it every year. Oh, okay. So you had one in like October. Quarterly or half early, we keep do that. We do that. Okay. We have somebody. Assigned for this, that person will coordinate all this, and this is a nationwide. All we have done, we do nationwide, we do locally, Las Vegas wide, we do statewide, all that we do. Okay, so y'all had an uh, active shooter drill around the first of the month. Is that was was that going on? I don't know. I I don't know. First of the month, I don't know when was the last one. I can answer you because that also there's a different person handling that, so she should be able to handle that. She should be able to answer that. When was the last one? 
Oh, okay, so so you so as UMC took the took the majority of the because I called a couple other hospitals. They said that they didn't either couldn't answer or they said they referred me to UMC. That's why I was wondering. I was wondering if like because it was yeah, but the numbers the, will be given by Denita Cohen. She is the public relations officer. Okay, but is that is that true that y'all handled the majority of the? I just the, have no information on that, so I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, that's a pretty general question. I don't know, like, but, I mean, you don't know or can't answer. Because that? I didn't know what the other hospitals had, so I cannot compare. That's what I'm saying. I don't have the actual numbers, and I don't know how many other hospitals took, so. All right, all right. That's um, why I'm sorry. So they're, they're, they're going to be in Monday, the, the yes, sir. press Yes, people. sir. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Chris, you're so bad for calling in on on a weekend, you know, or whatever day you call in. Well, I called back Monday, and then what happens is that you go to a voicemail, and I said, leave your information, and we'll get back to you. And they never get back to you. I, I left my number and stuff and to the uh, PR person, and they never returned my call. But, yeah, at least I got to talk to her, and then... Like, oh, you were doing a drill on the first month. I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you that. I thought that was pretty funny. I can tell you everything except for that. Yeah, she said a, she spoke a lot. Actually, she said a lot of stuff that she probably should, yeah. shouldn't have said, basically. It was <laughs> like she was, she was, like, wanting to talk, it sounded like. It was like, yeah, yeah just spill it out, lady. Go ahead. It's like, uh, but she, no, she was... Bit evasive there, but no, like, uh, no, I don't know if there's a drill going on or not. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, that was, uh, so they don't know if a drill is going on or not. I think that's a good admission there. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and i and I'm sure that they suspect it sometimes too, but that that would go to say how realistic it all actually is if they were able to fool, and I, and I don't think that that's unreasonable to think that they would even be able to kind of fool the um <clears throat> the people who are working on them in the medical industry too and that would be why they would want actors and stuff like that but you got to wonder why they have such shitty actors basically but i think that to be honest i think that they the actors they're not that shitty in that they play out a different role like they do a different acting style when they're speaking to the media essentially and um they would probably play it up a little bit better when they were um, actually out in the public and then when they're being interviewed and stuff like that they have to switch to some different kind of um, acting style I don't know, looking into acting and stuff like that there's a diff- bunch of different kind of styles you use and so when we're talking about like these um, um, Hollywood actors and stuff like that being not who they are, like Brad Pitt is not his real name, but Brad Pitt has to be who Brad Pitt is supposed to be even when he's being interviewed, so even when Brad Pitt's being interviewed by USA Today or something like that. He's also playing a role, and so you know it's a it's a different kind of played down role. Like this is who Brad Pitt is, you know what I'm saying? But it's like it's still he's still acting though. You know that's not really who that guy is that's sitting in front of a camera. He's still just like a normal guy who takes shits and has gas and stuff like that. And um, <clears throat> you know he's just a normal dude, um, but he has to play out this role. And so I think that maybe these um, people who who act out in these events LARPing and whatnot. When they're LARPing, they're playing it up way more. And then when they're in front of um, the cameras and stuff like that, that they may 
play a different role to, you know, to make it, I guess, obvious for us to see that it's a bunch of bullshit, I guess, or to make it more dramatic, really, is what I would think that they think that they're doing. Yeah, I, I wonder who coaches them. Does his agent coach him, or is there... Was Rochelle listening to our, our conversation the other day, Chris? Oh, I don't I don't think so. She basically said verbatim what we were talking about privately. Yeah. I, what's uh, up with that, Rochelle? I, you know, it, 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 it's because she we must have tapped into us from the space station. All right. Yes, you can hear everything. It's confirmed. You get all the signals when you're high up there. Well, that's absolutely. That's um, it, it, you got all this money involved, like y'all were saying, and so let's say that it's hypothetically, you know, it's it's um, it, it it's a completely a drill, and it's all well funded and everything, and then to get people to go along with it, okay, they sign non disclosure agreements and all that, and it's for a good cause. It's for preparedness. Uh, we can and awareness. And awareness, and uh, yeah, we know it's fake and it's a hoax, and we know everybody believes it's real, but it's for their own good, because this could really happen for real, and we want everybody to be mentally prepared, and we want to be prepared, and then it, we're going to do this, um, how to show everybody how to stick their finger in the hole if it's somebody your your buddy spouting a leak or whatever. And that's going to be good. That's going to save lives. So overall, it's going to save lives. So we're not really doing anything bad by being a medical professional and going along with a hoax. It's all for the greater good. And we're making money doing it. So that's good. That's going to help our <laughs> operation out. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's great. So everybody wins. What are the chances that you're going to get shot tonight, Chris? I mean, it's probably like in the upward percentage of like probably 90%. Like you should probably stay on your fucking front porch tonight, Chris, right? Because that's why they have Stop the Bleed events going on every everywhere. And basically everybody needs to learn which finger to stick in which hole at what angle to stop the bleeding forever. Because it's going to happen to everybody. But um, <clears throat> it's actually kind of grotesque if you think about it to like have events like this where Families are bringing their children and stuff like that to stop the bleed. I mean, in what situation can you name any scenario in where you're just going to be bleeding profusely, like to where you're shot? Be like, exactly. Only if you're shot. Basically. Only. Yeah. Well, I, I hope we can look forward to. Maybe we can look forward to uh, next big mass shooting. Um, you know, some some crisis actor or whatever. You know, real person on the screen saying, oh, thank God I went to the Stop Lead event because I was able to save, like, five people, and, and luckily they're doing good. They're going to be released from the hospital, like, later today. See, I can't, I can't wait to go to my event and do my, my thing because you actually get a certificate of completion, and that's what I want. I want the certificate <laughs> of completion to know, <laughs> to know that, first of all, I completed it and I did a good job, and then I want to see if that's how you take it to the next level. Like, hey, I have a certificate of completion, from the stop the bleed, like, am I able to participate in like a bigger event essentially? Because um, <laughs> what they said is that these that everybody that did what they did, sticking fingers in holes, Chris, and yeah. wrapping tourniquets around people, even back from Boston, that was all instinctive. You see, so I right. don't know why they need to stop the bleed event since that was all instinctive. 
but basically, you know, I want to know how to do that, and um, I definitely want my certificate of completion to frame on my wall. Here's what happened. I went to a Stop the Bleed event. There was a mass shooting. At there the, was a girl who there was, was a, a girl mass who shooting got, at the Stop the Bleed event. <laughs> yeah, there was a girl who got shot in the head. She got shot. Oh, I just learned how to she, do this. She, got, she, got, she sustained a head wound. Thankfully, I went to the Stop the Bleed event. She was out the same day. Oh, no, 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 no. I got <laughs> shot in the back twice, though, in the spine, and the bullets are still lodged in my back. I can't wait to make a video of that. But I'm just, they said that they can't work on me. They said that, like, there's nothing they can do. So, whatever. I'm just standing up doing this interview. Now I'm going to go ahead and sit into this. Oh, yeah, wasn't that those two? Wasn't that the, that black girl? No, no. Oh, really? There's another one. Um, they have so many people who were shot in the back, but no, there one was, of them was in the one, hospital. This was from like Pulse. Oh, from oh Pulse. He got shot in the stomach. Actually, this guy was actually shot in the spine in Las oh. Vegas, and his name is Jason Burton. I think. I think you guys, Jamie Burton or Jason Burton or whatever. If you look up Burton, Las Vegas. They have a couple interviews with him, and yeah, he the bullets are still lodged in his spine, but he's standing up doing the interview. He just got out. They said, basically, fuck you. We can't do anything for you, and uh, get the fuck out of the hospital, basically. So he's good, but the dude who got shot in the arm is still in the hospital hurting. So. Huh. <laughs> wasn't uh, with Gabrielle, uh, Gabrielle Gifford, wasn't there something like that? Like her assistant, didn't he, like, stopped her... Her head bleeding, something like that. I, I don't remember if he stuck his fingers in the bullet holes or, or which. Then that raises the question: he touching the brain and. Uh. I think he. <laughs> I think he stuck her skull back on with a piece of chewing gum or something like that. I don't. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> what yeah. That's a blackout. That's uh, that's another <laughs> event. It's like, uh, yeah, stop the. Uh, Something to do with, yeah, how to patch a skull. No. <laughs> with chewing gum. Chewing gum, yeah. No, the... the uh, but a specific no, Chris, brand of chewing gum, not any chewing gum, whatever brand pays the most is the one that he used. Yeah. No, Chris Chris and I were, um, we were reevaluating some, some old JFK documentaries and watching them with hoaxbusters slash fakeologist eyes. And, um, and we didn't have a conversation beforehand before we separately watched them. And we both came to the conclusion on these one particular parts where these guys are getting, um, giving testimony about JFK's, um, you know, head wound and exit wound that these guys are totally faking it. And then there's this one guy giving an interview or a testimony. And he says that the reason you can't find the president's brain is because when he got shot in the head, it literally blew his brains out of his skull. <laughs> <laughs> clean out. It, no brain. Clean out. No brain. Oh, we, the reason you couldn't find the president's brain is because his brain got blown all over Jackie, you know? Right. Yeah. Now, I, I was going to say You couldn't tell, though, by looking at her. No. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at it, but I would say that that actually would happen. Like, it, your brains will actually fly out of your skull. And completely, so, like, that's yeah. literally what would happen. I mean, completely. Like, it would go somewhere. <laughs> All of them. All your brains. The, um, A little might have maybe landed on the back of the car. And that's oh, not dude, how about, how about this? 
Do you know that there's a Jackie movie? I, the one that was recently out, I, like yeah, last like year, with, I, 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 yeah, I yeah, saw like, it. Okay, so you saw it. I haven't seen it, but I saw a photo still from it. And there's a photo still of it that I guess they took dramatic license. There's a photo still of the movie from the part where they're swearing in LBJ. Mm-hmm. And the dress that Jackie's wearing in the movie, which she's played by Natalie Portman, the dress yep. that she's wearing as they're swearing in LBJ is completely and totally covered in blood. Oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah. I think they, so, if I'm not mistaken, they said something. I think there was a line or something that they were like, it was good that she had the the foresight to to have a another dress with her or something like that. It was something bizarre like that. Like, no, oh, according yeah, okay, to the uh, according to the official story, she was um, it, you know told that yeah, you know Jackie, you should change clothes, you know, and she said no, I want I want everybody to see what they done to him. That's right. that's the official. Th- so the official record is that she was wearing the same clothes at the swearing in and everything that she had on in the limo. The limo back seat, there's a photograph of the back seat of the limo completely covered with blood and brains. It's like it's, that's where she was allegedly sitting. But there's a photo of her where you could see the back side of her dress, and there's like you don't see any blood on her backside where she was sitting down in all of that blood. And it's like, what? Well, and her dress, that's here's the thing. It's it's under lock and key until the year 2050 or some bullshit. Like it won't. But see, you could go look at Connolly's bloody shirt, JFK's bloody bloody shirt at the Smithsonian or whatever they have that, but not Jackie's dress. <clears throat> Why don't they release that instead of the documents? Like, well. I think that was a continuity error in the whole JFK assassination fakery. And they might have realized it later. Hey, shouldn't Jackie have had more blood on her? Eh, let's just lock up the dress forever, you know. What, whatever happened to Monica Lewinsky's dress, I wonder? I don't know. Is it the same vault as uh, Jackie's? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> No, that's just. I think that. Do you think there would be uh, brain matter on that? There should be brains all over it. He didn't have any blowed his brains completely out. They should. Well, I wonder where they. Uh, had, I meant Monica Lewinsky's. Oh, what well, if that? Seen, what if that happened? You had, they test it, and it's JFK's brains on Monica Lewinsky's dress. <laughs> that would be. A, that would be some confusion there. That'd be kind of like. <laughs> yeah. Open up a whole new at the same time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as convoluted as this stuff gets. The whole JFK uh story is absurd. If you're looking at it so yeah, you look at the whole thing with the uh, hoaxery glasses on or goggles or what have you. It's like 
Okay, so they did a cover-up, supposedly, that's the official conspiracy theory with JFK, and there was, okay, yeah, they're second shooters, and it's like, okay, so so the Warren Commission was involved in a cover-up. Why would they have to make it so damn convoluted? Why wouldn't they just put Oswald on the grassy knoll? Because they said he wasn't in the, when they found him, he was that he was drinking a Coke down at the lower floor of the uh, school book depository building. So what, what, what would be the problem with it just placing him on the grassy knoll if that's where everybody saw the shots come from and ran toward the grass? Like, why, why all this convoluted cover-up? Like, if they're going to cover up anyway. I think it's probably anyway. theories. Just to build towards this time that we're in now of distrust and mistrust of the yeah. of the industry. Oh, would they ever, they would never do anything to make us completely distrust the government, like what Jaredism said. Uh, yes, the fuck they would, dude. It's like the whole point. So they can destroy it and then make us rebuild it in the way that they fucking want us to. It's like the cycles. It's like Neil Howe stuff or whatever, William Strauss or whatever kind of stuff they talk about. Um, so that's kind of, that's the only thing that I could think about, but... Um, yeah, it's Hello? for a reason. Hello? Check one, two. Can you hear me? Is this uh, uncontrolled opposition? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, you can hear me? I, I can hear you. How you okay, doing? Okay, yeah, yeah. It, uh, good, uh, interesting conversation you're all having here tonight. I was wondering if you would mind if I join in with a few comments. Go ahead. Okay, well, um, you know, talking about the JFK assassination, uh, first of all, I think that I think that you all touched on a pretty interesting point earlier tonight. I was actually having some uh, microphone problems, so I had to uh, do a little technical uh, adjustments. But um, but where are you, where you, know, are you calling from, by the way? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm calling from uh, Indiana. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, but uh, but yeah. In other words, uh, you know, I was kind of wondering, or I guess a lot of people are wondering, uh, what was the uh, what was the motive behind the the Las Vegas shooting? And uh, and I really think that you all uh, have uh, pretty much connected the dots on that. Uh, you know, uh, in listening to what you all have been saying, because really, you know, when you look back at that, what that was all about was promoting the lone gunman narrative. Wasn't it? So, so in other words, see, they're, in other words, the way that I look at that now is, okay, well, they're getting ready to release this information uh, about JFK. In other words, all of these documents that they've, uh, they've classified, but, you know, what do they want to do to continue to promote that lone gunman narrative? So it, it, it appears to me that that's what they've done with this Las Vegas shooting is they, they're, they're actually using that to promote the lone gunman narrative to basically support the, you know, the, the lone gunman shooter with Lee Harvey Oswald in the, in the Kennedy assassination. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with this uh, with with this podcast here. Um, have you been listening for a while, or are you a new new listener? Or? 
Are you? you oh no, yeah, no. This is a, Yeah, I'm. I'm a new listener. This is first. Uh, first night I've listened. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, I'm kind of I, myself, and I, I think a lot of a lot of people listening to listen to the, these uh, audios are um, maybe on the probably more leaning toward the side of uh, as far as JFK is concerned. You know, have you ever considered that maybe the whole the whole thing in its entirety was was um, just a just a bit of theater for the people? That the that the guy, you know, his his father being, you know, so heavily involved in the movie industry, being the founder of RKO Pictures and owning several movie studios and being tied in with Hollywood, you know, JFK himself, he was kind of early in his uh, political career, everything is closely associated with uh, actors. I think uh, one of the first things he's known for was uh, putting on a big shindig at Harvard with a bunch of movie actors and people and. So it's it's so there's there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that kind of maybe points in that direction, like you know C. D. Jackson being the handler of the Sapruder film and his background in psychological operations, and he he was the custodian of that, and then um, you know was uh, the the whole uh, backstory behind that is that it was you know copies were made at the Jamieson Film Company was the Hollywood of Texas, and that's where it was taken to, supposedly in the whole timeline of the Sapruder film. And so you got the guy handling it, psychological operations, and then you got it, you know, tied into uh, a, a Hollywood film production company, which had all of the facilities to do a full production of, uh, you know, just about anything you want. So it's basically a, a Hollywood there in uh, in. in in the middle of Texas. So uh, it's stuff that's pointing in that direction. And then the whole idea of, you know, you have to go back and look at the premise of what a, what a president is even to begin with. I mean, is it, is it really this individual that's running the country? You know, he had every weekend at Martha's vineyard, yeah. you know, is a guy really running a country or is he solely well, just some it, yeah. sort of figurehead sort of an actor? Well, it, yeah. It, yeah, but in JFK in JFK's situation, um, and, and and that's kind of the that's kind of the problem that I see with uh, e essentially this uh, this quote uh, that this wake up movement, where a lot of people are actually becoming aware of you know, of the reality that's going on as far as a lot of these. Uh, false flags and psychological operations such as 9-11 and what have you, Boston bombing, uh, Sandy Hook, Oklahoma bombing. Uh, and, and I do believe that that all, I mean, virtually every one of these major domestic or um, so-called terrorist operations are, I do believe that they are scripted events. And, and you all have already discussed this to a degree that you know, the, a lot of this is the the, the Hegelian dialectic uh, in action. In other words, it's 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 for them to create their order out of the chaos. Okay. In other words, they create the chaos, and 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 they've already got a planned solution already outlined. And um, and I think that we probably agree that 9/11 uh, that that's that that's what that was that's what that was about is that. Um, you know, they would start this um, this this false narrative on on terrorism, 
and what have you. And then they, and that would allow the government to institute all of these new invasive surveillance laws and, and uh, eavesdropping and uh, technology and what have you. But in JFK's situation, I, I do believe that he was actually assassinated. And one reason, I mean, there's more than one reason. One reason I, I do believe that he was literally taken out is because of um, uh, a number of statements that he had made, you know, leading up to uh, the, uh, the time of his assassination, where he was actually, he actually appealed to the media, uh, you know, to, to basically expose what he what he called and of course I think you all have probably heard that uh, that audio where, where he talked about this um, basically a, a secret um, I can't think of what he called it now but um, yeah the but famous secret society speech society yeah, yeah exactly. secret society yeah I actually yeah. did a if you go to <laughs> hoax hoaxbusterscom dot com at uh, there's a link uh, to the YouTube channel. I did a I did a, um, a sort of analysis of that speech, and I and I you know posted it up in a video format. And uh, yeah, my my whole take on it is that uh, if you if you if you listen carefully to what he's talking about, and and you got to keep in mind the context and the and the era which you know he he he's speaking, and it. The whole thing is like, okay, so back then, back in JFK's day, it's like the, instead of, you know, Muslim terrorism and all the stuff we're, that we're told to be afraid of today, back then it was the, it's the commies, the Ruskies, the Soviet Union was going to get us. They're, 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 they're the, they were the evil empire. That's what Reagan referred to them as, and that's what they were known as, and that's, you know, that was going on during, you know, JFK's era. And he's directly referencing that 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 climate and he's talking about gorillas by day and the you know mercenaries by night and that's how they operate and they operate under secrecy and they're not a democracy they're the they're the evil boogeyman the bad people that we got to be very afraid of that's what jfk is saying he's you could take jfk's speech and you could you could give it to trump or you could give it to obama and obama could deliver the same exact speech and be talking about isis and say this is the boogeyman. Oh, we need to be scared. We need the press and the media to when when they're told. And it's you know this is always tied in national security and and they're and they're and he's basically laying down the law, saying that you know okay we don't we don't pass laws telling you what to talk about, but you just need to keep your mouth shut when we tell you to keep your mouth shut. That's basically what he's saying, and it's all in the context of he's referring to commies. He's not talking about masons or anything like that. He's talking about communists. The, comp, the the communist infiltrators, the bad, evil communist so boogeyman is going to get us. So, so you I don't think that, that he was talking about the banking cartels? No, no, and, no, and, no, and no. the Rothschilds. No, you got to listen to his speech. You got to listen to what he's talking about. Keep that in mind. Okay, I mean, you do, you do know that he did try to he did try to uh, he did try to circumvent to a degree the Federal Reserve. Well, that's part of the mythology that's out there. But I, the, I think the thing regarding the silver certificates, if um, I've, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I don't have intimate knowledge about that. But from what I understand, that that's that that would had no no impact on the banking 
cartels whatsoever is actually something that that was actually proposed by the banks and the silver certificates wouldn't have had anything to do with anything significant it wouldn't have yeah it wouldn't have hurt are you saying it's the same program run not running now basically it's like the same the same game like if you know what i'm talking about there's these um these mobile apps these mobile games like classic plans and all these different ones um do you know what i'm talking about chris Real quick. Uh no, I I'm not familiar. You're talking about like phone, like smartphone games. Yeah, phone games, phone games, which are they're basically all the same game, is what I'm saying. Every single game is the same game, except for it just has a different overlay over it, basically. So oh, you know, you yeah. could have um, you could be Plant Wars or whatever. It could be Clash of Clans or it could be um, Island Warriors or whatever these games are. But it's literally the same game. Like if you get into like how you play the game, what you do, and it's all the same, but it just has a different overlay over it. So it's almost like um, what you're talking about there with um, uh, you can give the same speech to Obama or Trump or Bush or whomever, and it would be, yeah. literally be the same thing. It's with a little different overlay, a different, a different color maybe or whatever. Yeah, it's so the it same, same general circumstances, same general idea behind it, and that's what's – I mean, that's been going on ever since the so-called country was founded. I talk about that all with the um, Aliens and Seditions Act. They had the same shit going back then, you know. It was like the like the the, the French revolutionaries. What were they? What they call them? John's familiar with this too. The uh, Jacobins and the. Uh, they were going to infiltrate. They're going to they're going to undermine our glorious new republic and. Uh, George Washington made some speeches, and they passed the Aliens and Seditions Act, and that was to say that, oh yeah, okay, we got these e- the evil infiltrators coming in, and we need to do something about it. So they would um, throw people in jail without trial and do shit like that. It's like, oh, what about the Constitution? Well, no, see, we have the we have the boogeyman here. We got to be very, very afraid, and that has been going on ever since the whole damn thing was even started. It was it's, it's, it's a common. And on up until the present day, there's always been some kind of national security concern or, or another where it's like, oh, well, all bets are off. We got to, you know, we got to get everything locked down and, um, you know, you know, or, 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 or the Russians are going to get us and all kill us all. Or now it's ISIS and they're going to they're going to kill us all. So we got to keep everything on lockdown, keep compartmentalization, high degree of secrecy and. So it's like, um, yeah, that's how they can carry out something like the uh, non-existent Manhattan Project that, and the and the and the non-existent fake nuclear bomb because, you know, they admittedly had all this secrecy and compartmentalization around that time, and um, when in, when the fact of the matter is they were creating all that footage out of Hollywood studio, and and you think they're gonna you know let let slip that this is uh you know an, a non-existent bomb no i mean that there are very very few handful of people that would even know even if they're working directly on the footage because it's like okay so this is fake footage i know it's fake footage because i'm working on it and it's like well so you still don't know that the bomb is fake or not you know it's like well you're just doing this to illustration purposes see it's like um, you, you know, this people just do what they're told. But that was in the 
But what I'm the point I'm making is and this the same thing that JFK was talking about in the speech. It's something like we need this climate of secrecy. We need this compartmentalization. We need the press to keep their mouth shut. We got We got to have control, or else the bad the bad people are going to get us all and kill us all. That's that's always been the story from the very beginning. Yeah. 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 That that's not my take. That 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 that. That, that's not the way that I understood what JFK was saying. I, I, I have to disagree with that. I think, I think JFK was sincere in his warning uh, about um, uh, whatever he realized once he got into power. Okay. And I'm not saying that, you know, he wasn't, and, and that's just like Trump. Okay. You, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that think that Trump is quote, um, uh, not part of the establishment, but I mean, nowadays, and I would say, you know, since JFK to get anywhere in politics, you have to be part of the program. Okay. You basically have to sell your soul, just like in Hollywood. You know, if you're going to get anywhere in Hollywood, you have to, you basically have to agree that you're going to go along with, with whatever they want. And of course we've heard a number, Katy Perry, uh, you know, many um, you know, many en- entertainment uh, personalities have talked about that, and um, fuck Katy Perry. They, seriously, seriously, fuck Katy Perry. But yeah, go ahead. But um, but one thing, you know, I, I would, uh, I mean, like JFK. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't uh, not only JFK, but it was also his brother Robert Kennedy. And and I I just believe that those uh, Robert John F Kennedy and Robert Kennedy, I believe that they were uh, idealistic persons who actually felt like that um, you know that they had the they had the authority or or the opportunity or what have you, uh, you know to to do good, and um, and I just think that they you know they basically bucked the system and. And as a result, they were taken out. And, well, and this, of course, this goes way back. Uh, I mean, you could you can research this if you haven't researched it, but you can go back to the assassination of uh, Abraham Lincoln. And and I don't know how I don't know if you all have done much uh, research on the Jesuits, but there is there is a tie to the Jesuits in 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 both the assassination of JFK and the assassination. Of Abraham Lincoln, and and and, and 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 in closing on that on that comment is remember all of the all of the the, the the parallels, okay? About you know JFK, he had a secretary named Lincoln. Lincoln was killed, uh, or uh, Kennedy was killed in a in a Lincoln Continental. Uh, in other words, all of these these very strange, ironic. Um, similarities and what have you and i think what it does it it demonstrates the occult nature in other words the activity of the secret societies behind the scenes that have been essentially running things for not you know i mean not just decades but for centuries and and and, and this is all part of a long plan to create a, a new world order. That demonstrates how fake and orchestrated it all is because if you think about it logically, 
logically, it makes more sense that they orchestrated and faked those events for psychological warfare on the public to have their their dear leaders, uh, you know, killed in front, front of them. Mm-hmm. It's like a trauma, the, all the trauma-based mind. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a tr- it's a trauma on the public. And the only way you could, the, the only way it could actually take place is if it was fake. The only way you could have it all lined up that, you know. Both presidents were succeeded by a guy named Johnson or Lincoln was killed. You know, Lincoln was killed in the Ford Theater and Kennedy was killed in the Lincoln Continental, which is a Ford. That stuff can only happen within the confines of it being faked. It's not going to it's not going to be taking place on an occult level and lining up because Jesuits planned it all. I'm not trying to be mean to you, by the way. Um. I understand where you're coming from because I actually personally used to think along the same lines that you do. Okay, so I'm not being mean to you and I'm not trying to be condescending. No, that's all right. I mean, you know, you're you're entitled to your opinion. I mean, I, that's all right. You've always said well, there's got to be Jesuit. No. There's got to be Jesuit money involved and Jesuit expertise. If you're looking at graduates of a place like Georgetown, well, I mean, when then, I when I read about Hold on, hold on. I was I wasn't finished speaking. I'm not saying Jesuits weren't involved. I actually do believe they were involved. But um, Chris and I have talked about this multiple times, and we've even made posts on it. Where you know, if you go, uh, there's there's a website I like to go to a, a, a lot. It's um, called MessyNessieChic.com, and uh, this lady um, just posts interesting things that she finds all over the internet. One of the things that she found that she thought was very interesting is that they discovered a Jesuit cave in France where they literally have um, faked renditions of um, of uh, like Babylonian um, artifacts uh, and stuff, yeah. Yeah, artifacts, relics, uh, relics of you know, fakes of the Mona, fakes of the Mona Lisa, and stuff all in there. So, the Jesuits are masters of faking things. So, if you're coming from that argument, I'm not saying that that in and of itself is you know definitive. I'm just saying that if you're coming from the argument that the Jesuits orchestrated it, then you need to factor in that the Jesuits are masters of faking stuff, and it wouldn't be beyond them to fake the death of JFK, RFK. And Abraham Lincoln. Well, you, either you're but don't you think? More but don't you think that that's? Uh, it, I mean, uh, what do you what do you think about nine eleven? Do you think uh, do you think that there was actual human blood spilled? Have you ever watched that footage? I, I, I'm guessing you watched the nine eleven footage. Do you know how fake that is? The planes flying into the buildings. It's completely one hundred percent computer generated. I mean, you need to go well, watch that, those. That's going, that's going. That's going from one extreme to the other. You know, we've got so many people mm-hmm. that deny Not really. the whole. Not really. John, event John, that, you know, they're John, saying. Can, can we clarify something you, first? Can we clarify the, the disagreement between you two, and or at least I don't know between me and <laughs> either one of you. I don't know. Um, I want to distinguish between. You're you're re- referencing the event, as an objective occurrence or collection of events as an objective occurrence and the media narrative 
I, 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 I'm not. Sometimes I feel like people are talking across purposes to each other because they're referencing this or that detail or element of the media narrative as distinct from what may or may not have actually happened. And that, that really simplifies things for me, because immediately if I look at any image <laughs> or, you know, one of these crazy videos where you can see somebody who's obviously a really lousy crisis actor, and there's so many out there now, they're, they're rubbing it in our faces, then you can, you, it, it's great because it just clears away a whole system. There's no point in trying in making any assumptions about that narrative. They obviously have scripted it according to some, you know, predetermined drill, FEMA drill, you know, maybe enhanced by some Hollywood scripting, and who knows? Well, well let, let me so interject. What, what, let me interject here, and then let's, let's let our, um, our new friend say something as a rebuttal. Um, first of all, the point is, you know, you can, you know, anybody can get in an argument, oh, it's fake, it's not fake, um, you know, this, that, or the other thing. Here, here, here's, the, here's the point. It's trauma-based mind control on the public. You think a traumatic event has happened. It doesn't necessarily have to happen. It's coming through a medium, which is the media, where you can't trust them. You know, it's like even if you believe that 9-11 really happened the, the way um, conspiracy theorists say it happened, you know, loose change or Alex Jones or any one of those people, you believe, oh, planes really did hit, but it was the government doing it, not You're still getting it through the medium of the media. You're getting all the imagery. You're getting all the narratives. You're getting all the stories. So it's the same thing with JFK, as Chris has pointed out. C.D. Jackson, who was the head of psychological warfare, was the guy at Time Life who kept and took the film. He had the film there. So you're talking about a psychological warfare expert had the film that whole time. Well, most people won't even think about the possibility that maybe there's that that footage in it of itself is fate. It's it's um, it's fabricated. The reason being would be trauma based mind control on the public without actually having to perform it in real life. You don't need to actually execute JFK when you can fake it. Okay. JFK doesn't have to be JFK's playing a role. He is part of a narrative, a scripting that is serving a larger purpose of a hero. You know, it's, you know, if you want to get into the Joseph Campbell stuff where, you know, you got the, you, you always have to have this hero and this hero gets struck down. And as he gets struck down, it creates a resistance. And that resistance, if, if you know, if you know that that by doing a certain action, you'll be able to create a resistance that you can control as the opposition. It's through controlled opposition you can, you know, you know, control both sides and get to a certain place through uh, synthesis. So those, you know, there there is an actual difference in believing whether something is real or something is fake because. Um, a lot of the people who listen to these calls, you don't have to worry about like, oh, I'm going to go to the airport and, you know, somebody's going to blow up a plane or I'm going to go to you know, a rock concert and somebody's going to shoot me. It's like, no, you don't have to worry about those things anymore because those things take place in controlled environments. They're scripted. They're manufactured. You don't have to get sad if you see somebody assassinated because most likely 
there's a big, great probability that if you're getting it through the mass media, it's fake. You you don't know. You weren't there. You weren't there in Dallas in 1963, so you don't actually know what happened. Um, well, let me, let me uh, actually. And yeah, and just real quick, let me finish this. You don't know that JFK was going to um, stop the Federal Reserve, and you sure as hell don't know um, that he was going to stop the war in Vietnam. And he definitely was talking about communism in that speech and not the Freemasons or the bankers because that was the narrative at the time, the fake Cold War. That's another thing that was fake was the Cold War. But I, I, um, I rest my case. Yeah, and his, that, his speech wouldn't have made sense to anybody. So what would be the point in him making that speech if it's not going to make sense? But I just want to read this. Um, so the Kennedy administration was known as Camelot, right? So here's uh, Cliff Notes' version of uh, how, how did – here's the question is how, how did King Arthur, uh, King Arthur die? Well, then it says um, – well, I know of two widely told versions of the death of the legendary King Arthur. One theory is that Lancelot, uh, once author's most trusted knight and queen, Genevieve, uh, betrayed Arthur, which prompted Arthur to go to war against Lancelot. Before going away for battle, Arthur left Mor- Mordred, uh, his nef- nephew, temporarily in charge of Camelot. But the power-thirsty Mor- Mordred soon wanted the kingdom for himself, which resulted in a sword fight between Mordred and Arthur that ended in the deaths of both of them. Both of them. Uh, the other more mythical account is that Arthur never died at all. Instead, after the sword fight, he was taken to the magical land of Avalon, island of Avalon. On Avalon, Arthur recovered from his wound and still waits to return to England at some time in the future uh, when his countrymen need him the most. The legend is why Arthur is most referred to as the once and future king. Uh, listen, oh, well, I, I got to jump on that. <laughs> Chris, I really got to jump out on that. You're really glamorizing and mystifying this. That's not the way it happened at all. The way it happened was Lerner and Lowe, um, <laughs> two Jews from Broadway, wrote a, wrote a musical, a very popular musical called Camelot, and they cast you know big name stars in it at the time, Richard Burton and Julie Andrews. It was a, it was the mo- one of the most successful on the on the. You know, following a whole string of successful productions of, of, you know, at that time, the United States was considered the world's cultural leader in terms of musical theater. And they produced this thing called Camelot. And then, then, then there was a movie version of it made out as, uh, as well sometime later. But it was the Hollywood stage version that was so popular. And Jack Kennedy probably didn't know shit about, you know, he didn't read Mort de Arthur or Christian Detroit's epic or any of that stuff. He wasn't into the Arthurian legend. None of these, this is America. Nobody was into the Arthurian. It is true. I do have to say that E.B. White's uh, The Once and Future King and A Sword in the Stack. Arthurian legend became popular, among other things, as a consequence of the popularity of this Broadway musical. But the Kennedy public relations team, they didn't give a flying fuck about the Arthurian legend. They just they tacked on to the dominant entertainment meme of the period, which was this musical. And they actually tried to, I don't know, sort of, some of the songs in the musical were sort of, were used as a soundtrack for newsreels. I guess you could watch some newsreels uh, of the period showing, uh, you know, Jack Kennedy and Jackie strolling up and down the Cape Cod beach. 
you know, real casual and on in the background. And they, the soundtrack would have music tunes from this musical, which now, in retrospect, if you go back and listen, I don't know, you might, might, might not like it. A lot of people think Hollywood, uh, Broadway musical theater is real gay. <laughs> Some of it is. But um, this is what the, the Kennedy Minute, don't, you know what I hate about this? Yeah, you're very knowledgeable in Arthurian legend, probably. No, But don't really. glamorize. All right, let's not glamorize this Jack Kennedy character in the Kennedy family, a really sleazy bunch if there ever was one. Well, let me clarify something then. I'm going to – why I brought that up is because when you're talking about a president, what exactly are we talking about? We're talking about this this persona that's put in front of us that represents something. It represents leadership or represents our invisible – Earth Daddy government or whatever you know this it's the, the sort of swaddle us comfort us and make make us uh, assured that oh everything is being taken care of you know we can and then here's the so they they put a face on it which is the called president and I've I've talked about this before and it's interesting that while I was talking about like back when Trump was elected president I said well the, you know the president is like a mascot he's like the jack in the box guy with the ping pong ball head you know used to they used to use that as their mascot it's like that's what a president is and interestingly enough i just happened to run across a uh, uh an article that was talking about that just happened to coincide with the elections and everything that was from a jesuit university by the way that was like um about this big hubba hubba and and controversially around their mascot which i took at that as some sort of insider joke where it's like, okay, so as this contested presidency thing is going on, we're having our little uh, sideshow over here with our, you know, school mascot, and it was, um, and, and I think it was uh, sort of a sort of in, inside joke. Well, the King Arthur legend and everything, I don't think it's significant in, in the in the way that your character, your your positioning it here, so saying suggesting that um, you know the Kennedys family. Uh, were reenacting this on their own volition or anything. I'm not even suggesting that. I'm just saying that um, when we're talking about the presidency, it's this persona is put out in front of our face, and then this this uh, so-called assassination was carried out, and then there's these parallels to these other legends that, you know, King Arthur, yeah. did he live or did not? No, it's a legend. It's mythology. I don't want to cheapen. You know what it is, Chris? Like I don't want to cheapen. Assassination is I- a mythology. It's a legend. It's It's something that we could you know collectively reference and then it 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 paints some picture in our mind of what this thing called government is which is an abstraction it doesn't really exist we need these stories we need this mythology we need these um and then what what i i feel that um um maybe the caller can comment on this but i think that um what what the JFK legend does it also helps people maintain this belief that okay one day we'll get a guy maybe Trump is it maybe he's an outsider he's going to come in he's going to he's going to clean up house he's going to change things um we, we almost had that with JFK but he got all of his brains blowed completely out and that was bad but we'll, we we may we may work again we got to keep voting harder you know it's like and that's Nobody and can. I think that that's really what it serves it's like the, it serves this belief system and then it's like yeah we know bad things happen and then you know there's evil guys inside the government but 
you know, this, this one good guy was trying to do good things and, you know, we can make it happen again. You know, like I said, if we, if we vote harder in the future. Sales job, Madison Avenue sales job. It's all it ever was. And I'm almost offended by the, I'm dignifying uh, that whole, that whole period, you know, by trying to, you know, conflating or likening it or conflating it with something like Arthurian legend, which has real substance to it. You know, these legends, the Arthurian narratives is something that Western civilization has carried with it for a long time. The Kennedys were just a, you know, that whole thing. And they latched onto that Camelot thing. And, uh, and there were others, you know, oceans, you know, the timeliness of these Las Vegas events, because when I look at, the various accounts, and I really have looked up and down. I've looked up the, I've looked up the butthole of this whole Las Vegas event. I'm really sick of it, but I've spent so much time looking at everything I can, in it, listening to interviews and podcasts, and watching videos, and looking at everything, everything. And I'm telling you, if it's like, um, um, it's they they tried out the lone nut one more time, but that doesn't really work, you know. And it makes me think of Ocean's Eleven. And I'm thinking all the people that are in on this out in Vegas, they feel like they're part of a big Ocean's Eleven movie, and they're all getting payoffs. And what is Ocean's Eleven about? It was a meet the original. I don't mean the George Clooney remake. I'd like to hear Jay Dyer do a comparison, a, a, a cultural comparison. He may have done this already, but I haven't heard it of uh, the remake. You know, whenever they remake one of these so-called classic films, you can tell there's new agendas, or they completely eliminate old agendas as maybe not politically correct, or, you know, all that. I, I'd like to hear a real breakdown of that, but the original Ocean's Eleven with the, the Rat Pack, and they were supposed to be the idol. I mean, every male between a certain, in a certain age and a certain demographic, I guess with a lot of income, basically, because that's who Madison Avenue was selling to, and that's what the Kennedy presidency was. It was a Madison Avenue packaged presidency, packaged for television. They did a better job of it than Nixon was. Nixon just didn't work on television the way Kennedy did. It was true. That was all true. Kennedy still, even though Nixon didn't work on TV, Kennedy's people still had to rig the result. We, we do have the evidence of that. We have documented evidence of the rigging of the result in Illinois and other places. And, you know, so, What's that? You say uh, Kennedy stole the election? Yeah, and Nixon said, and they all said so at the time. Nixon said Nixon was going to be gracious. He was going to be dignified about it. He wasn't going to throw the country into turmoil. He was going to be thought of as a statesman so he could come back four years later and run again. I think that's a so, common theme with these so-called elections. It's that uh, the election fraud, and I think that perpetuates the idea that there is something really at stake with voting, that it's right. something valuable enough to steal. It's kind of like... It's, 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 it's kind of the psychology that works like if like how you, you could see this like if if you get the perception that somebody's after uh, something that you have then it kind of it, it escalates the value of it even though it may be completely worthless maybe the person doesn't want it but it's like this it's a psychological thing it's like it, and you, and this is like every damn election it's like with the the past one we've seen the same thing it was like oh uh the, the Hillary was trying to rig the vote with illegal aliens and 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 Trump pulled a maneuver and it was so you know what I mean of election rigging and all this stuff and I think that's that's that gives people the idea that um, that these two 
already pre-selected individuals um, are 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 there somehow by uh, some decision by the people, which is just absolutely absurd. <laughs> That's just absolutely not true at all. But the but the election making uh-huh. shit gives you a story to latch on to that makes it somehow real. Like it's like significant. They had the same thing. Remember the hanging chads with the fucking uh, punch cards and all that horse shit when Bush was going up against Gore and and all that. It's the same damn thing every time they have one of these elections. There's always some degree of allegations of vote rigging and all this stuff. That's that's all f- pure theater. And I, th- I think uh, that it was best illustrated with the uh, hanging chat. The thing that sticks out in your mind, the way they did it, and they, they make it, they made it so visual. And they had the punch cards, and they had the people counting them. Like it's so, it's so precious, and we need to count every single one. We got a, we got a hanging dingleberry on this one, and it's like so. And we got to make sure this is all correct. And it's like it's complete horseshit. The whole. F- whole damn thing is just pure theater and the election rigging is part of the theater it's part of the whole world wrestling the guy's got a chair he's gonna knock haymaker in the head with it he's coming up behind him look out everybody it's it's on that level it's kind of like oh you're cheating oh you know like it it's so so you you go into uh conniptions over overhanging chads or whatever and it's like forgetting that the whole damn thing is one big pageant one big show it's all theater it's 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 something something to contest something to debate it's like no it's the whole damn thing is rigged from beginning to end always has been and along with what you're saying i mean right up to just the idea that the president is like really the the pinnacle of power like that you know everything <laughs> lies in their hands and you know i mean it it also aids i think i agree with what you're saying I, you know it also aids in that belief or whatever that well myth. every time you see one of them they're at the golf course or at, uh, <laughs> at his vacation yeah, doing house. business it's like where Kennedy yeah, was every we weekend. All... He was in Martha's Vineyard every single weekend. They said that he had the weekend off. You you don't get the weekend off if you're managing a uh, Rite Aid pharmacy. <laughs> you don't you don't get every weekend off if you're a management position. Now CEO, if you're a CEO of a big corporation, they don't get they don't get any time off. They're working 16-hour days. I believe that. I believe that's true. See, these CEOs work long-ass hours, and they work weekends too. They don't. They don't have time off. But this guy running the entire damn country is off all the time. That's it's preposterous. It's ridiculous. He's I'm not running the country. To see if, the, if, that, if the new caller, if he has any thoughts or rebuttals to anything that he's heard here, like uh, I was curious. Yeah, I, I, well, I would say I would say as far as to the uh, the, the president of the United States, I, I don't think there's any of us here that you know probably don't agree that the presidents of the uh, president, well, not and not just of the United States, but of, of virtually every country, is they're a puppet. Okay, they're they're set up. I mean, they're they're it's just a facade, and uh, you know, there's a quote uh, apparently. Uh, by Joseph Stalin that said 
where he said, he said, what does it matter who the people want in it in an election? It is enough that they know that there was an election. The people who cast the votes decide nothing. The people who count the votes decide everything. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do completely agree or, or, or believe that the, the presidents, including Donald Trump, you know, which many quote, uh, you know, conservatives or whatever you want to call them, unfortunately, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a Christian myself. And I'm 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 just I'm baffled by by so many quote Christians that that think that Trump is is the real deal, when when I don't think you can get, you can get past dog catcher nowadays unless you uh, are are part of the system. And uh, do you think Kennedy was part of the system? Part of, do, you, do you think JFK was? Huh? Do you think JFK was part of the system? Like his family, you know, to you a think? degree, but 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 but, yeah. but that, that's you know where, where his, I'm getting ready to go. You know where his dad made his okay. fortune from and all that. Well, that, that see that that's 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 what I see, okay? Because you know, I do think that we have to use discernment. We do have to have a level of discernment, and discernment. Honestly, I'm not saying you know. I mean, it is, you know, it, it it's put in the category of personal opinion, okay? But we know that what uh, you know what happened at 9/11 and what happened at JFK and and things like that. There's a certain amount of things that we can take as as credible, but then there's uh, also a large percent that we have to we we basically have to use discernment on whether or not those things have some credibility to them. But I view what happened in the JFK assassination was basically the same thing that happened at 9/11. Okay, and it was it was a shock. It was a shock and awe event. Okay, it was like like you all have said, it was trauma based mind control. But and 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 like I said, I'm I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here a little bit. But I, I actually believe that Joseph Kennedy, who we know had ties to the Nazis, and, and of course, I mean, we can go back and we can, we can get into Operation Paperclip and, and uh, a lot of the things that, uh, that came about uh, during World War II or the development of NASA, uh, the CIA and what have you. We know that there was a lot of ties uh, to to uh, the Nazis and, and all of that development, but I but I actually believe, just as I believe that 9/11 was a long scripted event. Okay, in other words, it it was planned before they broke ground for those two buildings. Now I think that most of us here do agree that there were that both of those iconic skyscrapers that. You know that they were destroyed with control with a controlled demolition, in addition to an additional 47-story high-rise, uh, Building Seven, which was taken down in classic controlled demolition form. That event was 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 long scripted before they ever broke ground uh, for any any of that development. 
Okay, and, and, and the point that I'm making is, is that's how far in advance these people operate. Okay, and, and I believe that the JF, I believe that the JFK assassination was just as long scripted. Okay, and and this is where you know I'm going out on 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 a you know on a limb here, is that I, I actually believe that Joseph Kennedy had essentially, for lack of a, a better way to describe it, offered up his son JFK to you know, whatever Illuminati mind control and, and mind conditioning and what have you that they, you know, that they bring these people up in, uh, that JFK was, was designated, the son, the son of, of Joseph Kennedy was designated and cast in this role to play the victim uh, in, a, in, an assass- in, a, in, in a very public uh, assassination that would shock and awe uh, the population of America to essentially um, do exactly what they did with 9/11, and that that is, uh, you know, to use that uh, to use that trauma-based mind control as a form of manipulation in media and propaganda and what have you, and. Um, and in closing on that, you know, because I, you know, I, I kind of hear, I guess it's Chris or whatever that suggests that, you know, a lot of these events are they're 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 pure theater. I have to disagree with that. Okay, I do believe that these people do offer up. Okay, that these are satanic rituals, or uh, I mean, I don't even have to put satanic on it. Let me just say that they are blood rituals and that there is real death and there is real blood in many of these events. And I believe that Kennedy's assassination was a real, uh, you know, psychological, quote, wet op, a wet operation where where real blood was spilled, just as 9-11 was a wet op where where real blood was spilled in that event also. Do you think that, I mean, even if that's the case, that, uh, you know, like there's actual desire for real blood and, and whatever, uh, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be that, though, uh, especially when you're talking about insiders like, like this. Well, who's to say that Kennedy, I mean, is it that far-fetched to say that Kennedy was, in on it. He was in on that script. You're saying that it was planned long in advance and all that, and his father offered him up, and I guess we would have to assume his brother up and everything. Um, who's to say that they weren't... It wasn't just something they discussed uh, at dinner, you know, years before, whatever. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, what, yeah. what makes you so certain that uh, John yeah, Kennedy no, himself I, wasn't part of it? Right. I, I, yeah, I, do, I understand what you're saying, but no, I, I, I disagree, okay? And and because I do believe that they they were, you know, they really did lose their lives in in in, in a very uh, brutal fashion. Hmm. Okay, and and um, but but I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, and yeah. And, and really, well, I mean, what you're saying, what you're what you're saying does seem more plausible and, and more 
uh, w- would be more easily achieved. Okay, but I also understand that just like what goes on in Hollywood, where some of these families, like the the, the Jacksons and 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 I can't, I mean, even uh, um, some of the singers, where where some of, I mean, these families actually offer up their children as uh, you know as, as sacrifices. I mean, and that they literally lose their lives. And it, it's, I think it's the same principle uh, that, that applies in, in JFK's uh, situation in regard to his family and his upbringing and, and him being in a, in a very controlled uh, environment, okay, where he was directed and guided into this position with the sole intent to eventually uh, offer him up as a, as a spectacle, not only to the nation, but, it, but as an example to all world leaders that, hey, if you buck the system, this is what's going to happen to you. We're going to put you in the back of a limousine with your wife sitting by your side, and we're going to blow your brains out on national TV or in broad daylight with all the world to see. Just so you think message. that... Well, sorry to interject, but like, so are you saying then that his father would have anticipated years before that he was going to buck against the system and 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 uh, become some sort of renegade against the status quo or whatever? Like that would have had to also have been his father must have been aware of that, and then and then JFK he he he, he I mean he 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 wouldn't have been. I mean, nobody right. he, like he would have had no idea that that. I, I, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Him. He wasn't right. a renegade. He wasn't a renegade. He was not a renegade. This was just a falling out among thieves. He wasn't any I, renegade. I, I'm not. I, yeah, I mean, I don't really think that. But that's so. That's the narrative we're given that he was. Uh, I mean, I think that's more or less what was said before about you know, he, you know, he was he was going up against the Federal Reserve and everything like that. I mean, that's a common belief that he was he was really bucking against the system, like. Uh, I no. don't believe that. I'm just saying, no. like, so... He, just might, he might have been inconvenient. He might have right, been inconvenient. And, you know, he almost... He took to us to the... We were told... Was, we were told that this guy took us to the brink of nuclear holocaust. Hmm. Is there... Yeah. Is there anyone well, here that, that is old enough to have lived through that? Because I lived through it. We... I mean... I, 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 yeah, we had to, yeah, you're talking about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right, all that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So... And that, um, that was all that that was all part of the trauma-based mind control. I mean that that essentially. So he was a part of it. So he was a part yeah. of it, and his family. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad you raised the issue of his family because that really the two. These are the two pivots of it for me. One is Ruby shooting Oswald. Nobody ever seems to want to talk about that, but the execution of the Patsy. Because if we're given a now, if we're saying, oh my God, the president shot, because I heard it. A practically live. I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't, uh, in other words, it was, I think within, they broadcast it within, we must have heard it within an hour of it happening. Wait, in wait a minute, you didn't, inter- you didn't see it firsthand? No, I no. saw the assassination of Oswald no. allegedly no. live firsthand on TV. We were all gathered yeah. around no, a little see, TV no. watching the funeral, but no, the actual assassination of Kennedy, we heard, uh, the, uh, they, they turned the radio on over to intercom in the school and we were listening to you understand the news 
account from Dallas, Walter right. Cronkite, blah, blah, so blah. It, and now so he, he wasn't. Is he alive? And at first we were told he'd been shot. We didn't even think he was dead. And they yeah, only reported yeah, he was I dead. I understand like, all that. Yeah, yeah it's but, like, what, what, but it's okay, totally what? Trauma. Yeah, I understand all that. Yeah, it's a, but right, what? Right, but his family, uh, just, well, here's the thing I want to get at. So are we saying that they also faked the elimination of the Patsy? Because, of course, it was clear as soon as they announced, as soon as they announced that Oswald was dead, I mean, we watched Ruby just walk right into that police station garage, pull out a pistol and shoot Oswald right in the belly, plug Oswald right in the belly. And we saw Oswald collapse right in front of him. Oh, whoa, whoa, and everybody's running around and her cameras are in chaos. Now you can watch that. You can watch that newsreel. I, I have pictures, of big, giant stills of that. That was the dead giveaway, the slug. That was a dead giveaway. It was like a mob hit because, oh, uh, we've identified the president's assassin. Oh, he's dead. That's it. Sorry. Case closed. He's dead now. And, you know, what they proceeded to do with Ruby is a whole other thing. But would they have faked that? See, there are elements of a mob well, there's, involved um, in this. Well, there's the... You would have called that a ritual sacrifice. You would have called that a ritual the, sacrifice um, a mob. Well, you ask a question, let me answer it. You, you have the... Ru- okay, so, so Jack Ruby comes in and he shoots Oswald. You can go look at that. Go, go, go through and comb through the photographs and and then pay attention to the upper right corner where there, where there's a microphone and some other pictures there isn't a microphone in the footage there's no microphone so there's indications that they did multiple takes of that the whole thing was like a completely staged for cameras um hmm. there there's that's a continuity that continuity error that error that slipped through there and um, and just look at look at how the guy to the left of uh, Oswald. So the, the shot goes off. The guy doesn't even startle or flinch or anything. So it's there's just all these indicators there that you're looking at something that's that's. That suggests fake. to me that they were in on it. That suggests to me that they knew in advance what was coming and they yeah, knew they were targets. Yeah, but he's not even. Targets. He doesn't even look. He's not even looking at the direction where the shot right. is. But they, he, he, he doesn't even target. flinch or it, it's like the, the and the whole thing is like well okay so they're going to eliminate Oswald. So the cover-up starts, and then there's a, the, you know, the mob ties and all that. It's like, well, right. that's, that's all to lay out the, 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 whole, the whole mythology, the whole legend, the whole JFK legend, you know, and then that, that bolsters the idea that presidents have real power, that they really are in charge, and then we no, had this one. We had this one good that president that was. It bolsters the idea that state-sponsored assassination is normal and allowed. That's the point. I I don't I don't. Why assassinate the president if he doesn't Not hold real power? Pa- if he doesn't real if he doesn't wield real power, why would you go through the trouble of assassinating him? And, it, and so another thing, too. Why so nobody he, has ever murdered in your world? He wasn't assassinated in front of the whole world. Who no, were, who were the witnesses mean, that saw it firsthand? Would be a handful of people that were on Elm Street on, the, on November, uh, whenever, 1963, when he was shot. Only a very small percentage of a percentage of all the people you know, actually witnessed anything that would have been firsthand to see it. The rest of the people got it through the media. Got it through the TV, got it through the oh, papers, yeah, got true. it through the radio. Well, it's like if you believe the radio, if you believe the TV, 
then it's like that. Then you're in trouble. Well, we knew that was a lie. We knew the media narrative was a lie, but that didn't mean. How do you believe shit that's you know, on TV? I mean, that's 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 another thing. It's like, how do you believe shit that's on TV? It's like that's, and I've and I've gone over this, and I'll go over it again. It's like there is nothing in the so-called law anywhere that you can find that makes hoaxing and staging event illegal for the media to do. There is no law against it. There's no they they if they told if this whole thing in Vegas was a total hundred percent hoax, there is no law against that. There is absolutely no law. There is no nothing that you can pursue to prosecute anybody and say, hey, you've fooled everybody. It's like, hey, there ain't no law against it. It's on TV. You believe everything you see on TV. It's like does that include cops? Does that include cops and public officials going in front of cameras and making announcements? And giving interviews and, and laying down a narrative, a Wh- false narrative. Which cops? That's extortion. That's extortion, you know. I'm the sheriff of Las cops, Vegas for Cops months. lie all the time. That's, it's, the Supreme Court has ruled <laughs> yeah. it's totally legal for them to lie. No, That's I'm true. I'm not making that up. The Supreme Court has ruled that it's totally legal for it's totally acceptable for the police to lie to your face. They do it all the time. They do it every day. They do it every time they pull you over. <laughs> They, they ask you for ID. You, there's no legal requirement for that, but they, they will tell you that, yeah, you'll go to jail if, if you don't give me your ID. There's no law that says you have to produce an ID, but there's no law that says they can't lie to you and tell you you go to jail yeah. if you don't do it. I'm and saying, they may take you I'm to jail, but it's threat. like the, it's totally legal for them to lie to you. That should tell you something. I'm saying racketeering, extortion, and political corruption. How, how are you going to yeah. make not racketeering. racketeering and extortion when they get on TV it's not illegal. and have a big a press conference where they're telling you a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, collusion with the media makes it racketeering for one thing, but the payout... But it's not... The, they're, they're not the involved in a crime. Money, it's not a crime to hoax and fake stuff. ...and everything else. It's, it's, it's an organized... There's no obligation. There's no. What do you? So that's a racket. I Lynn, mean, there's so many laws tell me, that they're violating. There tell me what so legal laws on the books. Tell me what legal obligation. I, tell sure me where's the legal obligation for the media. All you're doing is making the case that the laws on the books don't mean anything, and I'm not arguing Where, for that. Well, okay, if they mean something, find me a law that says that the the media is legally obligated to tell the public the truth. Where is that law? Uh, there are. There are. There, there is are none. FCC, there are FCC no. provisions. But what are they? Not, have you researched it? I have. When a public official I've, I've spoken to of, the attorney of the FCC. I know, well, I you're know telling me exactly I couldn't what be arrested for screaming fire in a crowded movie theater. But when a lot well, of sheriff... Okay, that's a good point. But what does that mean? You know, that's what well, you know doing. what it means according to the law? You know what the standard is according to the law? You have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that what they said caused a direct injury. Now, that's a standard that's way above uh, any kind of other oh, – that's a high bar to set to prosecute somebody for that. Out here. The stress they're causing out here? Are you kidding? You'd have such a class action suit from that. No, uh, bullshit. That's you have thing. to prove there that they be. intentionally set out to, to do something that – and then you have to prove that somebody and, was directly injured way, as a result. I, I want to make a statement about these lawsuits. There is controversy now. But it's not never going to go to trial anyway, so it's a moot law- point. There, there, there's controversy going on now. There's a lot of discuss, a, a lot of discussion going on now, on the web in connection with Las, most of the Las Vegas discussion going on now. A lot of it has to do with the lawsuits that have been filed against MGM, and, and I guess there are other agencies. And here's what I'm going to say oh, about these it, lawsuits. Kenneth Feinberg is going to be in charge of that. Yeah. That's well, going to be real I guess legit. what I'm saying is either either these someone is claiming that there must have been legitimate injuries because otherwise how could there be lawsuits? And others are arguing, well, these are phony lawsuits. And here's what I'm saying. Unless 
some of these lawsuits are clearly identifying that there were drills and exercises going on here, and that therefore there's an element of conspiracy and fraud, they're phony. They're phony. Anyone who is suing NGM because, oh, I got her here, I got her there, and is not challenging the official narrative as part of that lawsuit, you know they're phony. So that's a really good way. It's like a good litmus test to tell whether one of these uh, legal actions is legitimate or not. And I predict that none of them are going to challenge any of the underlying features of the phony unbelievable absurd narrative there will however be claims of multiple shooters well let's see if they find the second shooter in the jfk assassination first <laughs> and then we'll see what happens in vegas it'll be like john doe it'll be like john doe number two at oklahoma city <laughs> oh yeah john doe number two where happened to him never find him Every single time. It's the second shooter. It's the second guy involved. Every single time. They never find him, do they? No. Never going to find him. They're never going to find the second shooter. In the. But we'll look for him. We'll keep you posted. John Doe number two. Where is he? The search continues. Well, I just think we need to be careful. I think we need to be careful of going from one extreme to the other, and and that is so waking up to the reality that that a lot of things are scripted, and then going to the other extreme and saying that everything and everything. Is, and well, I want to go into this. No budget. I'll go into this next call of the many times that. The media has been cold busted faking stuff, and it's more than once, it's multiple times. And uh, so, how many how many blatant, fraudulent lies do you got to be caught red-handed in before your default assumption is if it's on TV, then it's I'm going to assume it's fake until I see something that proves otherwise. Because that's where I'm at right now, and I think a lot of people are at that point right now. It's like, I'm just going to assume that what I'm being told is bullshit because of the what we know about this thing called the media. Okay, it's no law against them lying. We know that. Um, they've been caught multiple times in the past, cold-busted, red-handed, you know, with public relations firms and stuff. You know, the testimony in Congress, the girl saying the incubators, that cold-busted lie. Um... Uh, you know, Jessica Lynch, total, total fraud, total hoax. Um, they, they had to admit it. So, I mean, how many, how many times, how many times do you need to actually see that before you start just uh, dismissing whatever you see on TV offhand until, you know, like I said, until something, something, you know, proves otherwise. Because I think that's a pretty safe default position, but. Uh, well, anyway, I appreciate everybody coming out and joining in on the call. It's time Can to close say real that shop. Chris, I know you're wrapping up. I was just going to just throw in. I mean, too, it's not like I think people often assume that it means it's less bad or really you're trying to play down what happened or whatever by saying, oh, well, maybe nobody died here or whatever. It's not even it's not really what it's about. You know, it's not saying, oh, well, you know, no big deal because. They're, they're pulling one over on 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 the people. It's it's still you know it's still pretty bad or what you know what I mean. It's not it's not a good thing. But 
I don't know. I feel like people, you know, if, if you're saying things are fake, then every, you know, then that must mean that uh, there's no crime or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, either way, you know, it's, uh, well, I don't know. I, I have well, to close up shop, everybody, so right. um, I'm going to yeah, leave with that, and hopefully y'all can uh, call in next time. Appreciate it. Uh, everybody have a good night, and uh, hopefully talk to you next time. Take care, everybody. Listening to the Hoaxbusters call. You can subscribe to the podcast at hoaxbusterscall.com. You can support the Hoaxbusters call by rating it on iTunes, sharing it on social media. a donation at hoaxbusterscall.com Conspicuous graffiti in public places Hoaxbusters Call Conspiracy or Just Theory Television screen has become the retina of the mind's eye. That's why I refuse to appear on television, except on television. Of course, Oblivion is not the name I was born with. That's my television name. Soon, all of us will have special names. Names designed to cause the cathode ray tube to resonate. Then I heard open fire, like a bunch of it in the middle of the crowd took off running for my life after that but and we got to the hospital so quick you wouldn't believe it but uh, but anyway she it's just torture and murder no plot no characters very very realistic what you see on that show it's for real it's not acting it's snuff tv we ended up right back here on this street right where those cop cars are and uh i don't believe it So, don't believe. Why do it for real? It's easier and safer to fake it. It has a philosophy, and that is what makes it dangerous. Whose philosophy? It's a disease forced on them by their lack of access to the cathode ray tube. You think a few doses of TV are going to help them? Watching TV will help patch them back into the world's mixing board. 
Absolutely. We have reason to believe three of those were the badge of the Dallas Police Department. Hey, do we need to move? I heard Sean. We didn't hear a shooting from where we are. We're in the middle of a difficult communications moment with our local stations in Dallas. Murder, mutilation. What you see on that show, it's for real. I'm going to audition. I was made for that show. No, I'm just, uh, uh, I'm, I'm exhausted. I was, I was, I was in a deep sleep when you knocked, and I guess I'm, uh, still not out of it. I'll remember to set the timer. The battle for the mind of North America will be fought in the video arena. The television screen is the retina of the mind's eye. Therefore, the television screen is part of the physical structure of the brain. Therefore, whatever appears on the television screen emerges as raw experience for those who watch it. Therefore, television is reality, and reality is less than television. Your reality is already half video hallucination. If you're not careful, it will become total hallucination. You'll have to learn to live in a very strange new world. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.